KUFO Portland. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep begins now. Two minutes and 15 seconds after the hour of five, and this the month of October in the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock 101, KUFO in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is the Rick Emerson radio program. Thank you for joining us today. It's 503-228-4101, 503-228-4101. Coming up later on in the program, we'll have uh, Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week. She'll be here with a new uh, installment of Food Porn. And one and only Richard Belzer joining us later on today uh, as well. Snuff Watch coming up today. Uh, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. And I'll post this here in just a bit. I, this is to follow up on the January Jones photos of, I guess, yesterday. Maybe two days ago. Whenever it was, I put those up. It, it, my mornings are all kind of uh, blurring together. Uh, wait, Greg's got a great look on his face. Wait, hold on. Don't tell me. I just looked over and I saw what can only be described as a rueful smile on the face of Greg Nibbler. I'm guessing Richard Belzer has canceled. Correct. Sometimes I hate being right. Yes, you are absolutely correct. Apparently, he has canceled all of his interviews for today. So it's not just us, at least. It's not just us. Everyone has gotten the uh, the shaft. The entire day, they're going to try to reschedule them all at another time. But yeah, I guess he did it last second. So this is their guy having to call 35 radio stations and tell them all... (laughs) Yeah, that's not going to happen today. Awesome. Well, it makes up for all the good luck you've had lately. <laughs> I suppose. It makes up for the fact that on Monday, we're going to be interviewing somebody very exciting. Someone phenomenal who I will not reveal at this point. At this, uh, I, may, I may, in fact, have Tim try to guess at who this person is uh, later because Tim will be... Perhaps, I will be. Perhaps not as excited uh, as I am, but I think you will be nearly as excited nearly as I am about this person that we're going to be interviewing on Monday. Sarah, do you know who it is? I do indeed. All right. How so, come I don't know? Uh, I think it's because it got I, because we confirmed it after you had left yesterday morning. Oh, okay. Or quite possibly because we're all part of a secret club in which you're not a member. But more likely the uh, the former, not the latter. Uh, because I think that because Sarah and uh, Greg try to coordinate some of the guest booking so that we don't, so that we're not all multiple contacting the same people. Anyway, so this just came together. So we'll have uh, we'll have you guess at that later on, Tim, because it's a person that you are definitely familiar with. I think you will be uh, on the scale of one to ten, Tim. I think you will be excited to a factor of eight point two uh, about this person we are uh, we're interviewing on Monday. Wow, that does sound big. But it's all, but it's all it's not canceled out. But I mean, it's, it's balanced to some degree with the fact that bells are just screwed us. Thanks, thanks so much for that. Are you a little bit impressed, at least, that I gleaned all of that just from the half-second facial expression that I saw? That is, that was pretty impressive. Yeah. Well, I we might as well get rid of defeats early in the program. Learn to <laughs> so anticipate the worst. That's right. Get those things done right out of the gate. Well, let me just uh, scratch Richard Belzer off. Hold on a second. Try, trying to grab the. 
Time right. to grab somebody out of the Beatles barrel now. <laughs> exactly. Let's get let's get that guy who was Lamont on Sanford and Son. Let's get Demon Wilson back on. All right, well, in any event, uh, Food Port with Kelly Clark coming up later on the day. Snuff Watch, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. As a follow-up to the January Jones photos, uh, she's uh, the Betty Draper on Mad Men. Somebody sent me, yeah, Tim, see, you've got, aren't those like fetish photos of her? They almost? are. They, where she's just got the leather on it. It looks like she's been hit and killed by a car. As a follow-up to that, I had like 400 people send me this new photograph of Meghan McCain from her... Uh, it's that it's not Twitter, but it's like it's MySpace, and there's that Twit Pic or whatever it is, where you can you could Twitter out a picture of yourself. I, I don't get that at all. The Twit Pic thing? Yeah, I don't know. That's the thing that Byron Beck does all the time. Twitter. I don't really know how it works. But Meghan McCain, who is John McCain's hot and uh, I would say more than a little trashy daughter, put up uh, put up this photo of hers. It is really one of the best things I've seen all week. So um, I'll get that posted here in just a bit. Oh, and we want to thank I haven't I haven't uh, put it up on the website yet, but we want to thank listener Ronald who hacked together a little bit of a slideshow to go with our um, Heidi and Spencer interview that we did on, I think, Tuesday is when that happened. So we did this uh, this interview with Heidi and Spencer in which I tried to work on as many euphemisms for douche or douchebag as I possibly could. And he's made this great, if somewhat, and when I say crude, I don't mean that he's working blue. I just mean that it's very... It is very basic, but it sort of it sort of drives the point home. So we'll um, I'll post that up at rickemerson.com here in just a bit. We're joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. Hello, are you excited to talk to Richard Belzer? To oh no, oh. I guess not. No, no I was going to tell him how I saw him walking down the street one day. We could have bonded about that. I was going to tell him. Uh, I was going to tell him I appreciate them sending us a copy of his brand new book, uh, whose title I will not now uh, reveal on the air. It's okay. I just get rid of this page of questions that I prepared this morning. Oh, and he's like your twin, too. I know it's you're right. excited to talk to him. I just like the fact that he exists because so often you don't know what you're going to look like when you get old. But because Richard Belzer is out there, I already, like, I can I can plan uh, for my wizened appearance you know, when I'm, you know, whatever, 70 or something. See, because... do you think I look like an actress? Because but there's this weird guy painting my house, and he's just like, you look like this actress. I can't remember who it is, but an I have no idea who I would look like. Somebody in particular? Yeah, he was just, he kept saying that actress, and he didn't say who. I don't know. I don't know that you look any. I don't know that you look like any anybody in particular as such. Now we've said for the longest time that your sister Heather looks like Kate Winslet, which I guess by extension means that you kind of do because you look a lot like Heather. But you and Heather, but you're not like twins or anything. In other words, you know, you you have, you and Heather look similar because you're mm -hmm. sisters, but you don't look the same. So well, I don't yeah, know. I went yeah. to see Monsters of Folk last night, and uh, Tony from Sales was there. He came up to my sister, and he's like, Sarah, Sarah. <laughs> she was looking at him. She's See, like, I don't get no. that. I don't. I don't. I think you've known me long enough. That's why. Maybe. Yeah. All right. Or maybe that's Tony. Like we was... can't tell when each other are getting fat because we see each other all the time. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much. Well, he was a salesperson. He's probably drunk. Uh, let's go to the uh, Ministry of Truth. The news desk with Tim Riley starts now. Live from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth. This is Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is five oh eight. More rain today as an unusually wet early season system is expected to dump several inches of rain over the area early this weekend. Now, since the system is coming early in the year, when rivers are near their summer lows, it shouldn't be too much of a concern, but it's going to be wet all weekend. Two Vancouver men have been arrested following a crowbar attack that left two injured. This guy comes home and lives in the 14,000 block of Northwest 34th, comes home at 11 o'clock with his friend, when the crowbar guys come out of hiding and attack them, police arrested 23-year-old Joseph Valencia and 
20-year-old Richard Owens, charging them with robbery and assault. The reason for the crowbar crime is unknown. But I mean, it was, but it was guys just laying in wait with a crowbar. Yeah. First of all, if you live in the 14,000 block of anywhere, uh, the the odds are fairly high that this will happen to you at some point. Especially, as you said, it's in Vancouver. Yes. Yeah, I mean, what else is there really to do there? But attack people with crowbars. That's it. I mean, it's right. It's either that or just or, sort of sit around and wait for a marathon of some kind to be on TV land. The Portland Water Bureau is thinking about arming its reservoir guards. They cite some tense situations over the summer as reasons for the increased firepower. Well, John Stewart never had uh, luck to visit Bellingham, Washington. He's gonna. He was supposed to receive the key. Bellingham Mayor Dan Pike invited the Comedy Central Daily Show host to the city after Mayor Bud Norris in nearby Mount Vernon presented the Fox News personality Glenn Beck with the key to that city. A spokesman for Stewart said he appreciated the key to the city of Bellingham, but he's just too busy to go there. Why Bellingham? I don't know. Is Bellingham next to uh, this other town? Bellingham uh, is sort of I always confuse Bellingham with oh, Bremerton, and I confuse both of them with... And Bellingham from Bellevue. Bellevue. That's the other place. Yeah, I, they all blur together. My Bellevue is right outside Seattle. Bremerton and, and is... And it's kind of a ni- one of the nicest suburbs. Yeah, I mean, but, but Bellingham is... like north. Sure. I I don't I, I don't know. And if that's you keep going north, you're in Canada. There you go. That's become Bellingham is one of those places that it, it sort of drifts together in this vague sort of mass of towns somewhere in Washington that don't affect my life. And therefore, well, I don't that care area about should them. be called almost Canada. That's because or, it's not really part of the United States. Almost Canada or kind of near Seattle, a city yeah. you probably actually care about. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, Burlington Coat Factory reopened in Columbus, Ohio, one day after a woman's false claims of winning the lottery triggered a riot inside the clothing store. Authorities say 44-year-old Linda Brown pulled up to the store in a limo and told shoppers she just won a million dollars, didn't want the money, and would pay for everyone's purchases. As word spread, hundreds of people began crowding the store, but Linda Brown headed in the opposite direction. Once customers realized she left without covering a single bill, they trashed the store to the point where police had to be called in. As this hurricane was blowing through it, Brown was arrested later in the day, hasn't been charged with the incident. Family member says she suffered from a mental illness and was likely off her medication at the time. The best part, though, is how, so in this story, the woman just shows up because she wants to cause a ruckus. She goes into the store and just sort of says... In a limousine. Yeah, and she says, I will be paying for everyone's purchases today. And that apparently everybody who was at the store not only just just instinctively believed her. I mean, without any hesitation or sort of... Without trying to, to verify the story or see what the underpinnings of it were, they just immediately assumed she was telling the truth. And apparently most of the people there got on cell phones and called all of their friends and relatives and told them to come down to the store and begin buying things as well. Because some unknown stranger had just sort of appeared and announced that she was going to be covering everybody's bills. So, which seems like it would raise, you know, suspicion in most folks, but what do I know? Here's Tim Riley. From Alabama comes word, a drunk father and son burglarized a home and were caught after the son was found passed out in the invalid homeowner's bed. This comes to us from DeKalb County, Alabama. 37-year-old man and 19-year-old son have been arrested. They broke into a home bound at 2 o'clock in the morning, took car keys, medication, about $200 in cash, $100 worth of jewelry. They were about to leave, and one of the residents woke up, and then they hid. The father sneaked out, but the son apparently passed out in his hiding place underneath the homeowner's bed. Well, the wife found him around dawn and called the uh, police. Neighbor turned out to be the son's grandfather. Don't ask me how these Alabama things work. Turned out uh, the man was turned over to police and was charged. 
All right, coming up later on this morning, we have Kelly Clark from the uh, Willamette Week Snuff Watch to get to later on today. A uh, pair of passes for you to go to Fright Town and uh, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. Stay there. The Rick Emerson Show continues next, live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Don't go anywhere. As Value Village Halloween costume consultant, my job is all about helping shoppers with ideas, decorating, and of course, costumes. Take Value Village customer Claire, teen invited to three Halloween parties. As I explained to Claire, that's three chances to knock their socks off. So we decided on a witch theme and built three amazingly killer costumes. Party, good witch, fluffy used wedding dress, new wand, tiara, you get the picture. Friday party, goth witch, costume in a bag paired with used black boots, a new wig, and goth accessories. Trick or treat after party, traditional witch, new deluxe costume, and a few handy makeup tips from our website. And poof, just like that, a smiling teen, a mom with a happy wallet, and a costume consultant who loves her job. Value Village, new and used costumes under $20. The biggest Halloween superstore in town. Sign up for Value Village e-news or find a location near you at valuevillage.com. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's 503 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Coming up later on the day, you'll get a uh, shot at a pair of passes to see where the wild things are. The adaptation of the uh, Maurice Sendak novel. Of, uh, novel. I mean, it's like nine sentences long, but it's, uh, but it's a Spike Jones. Are you having a sneezing fit over there? Just a little bit. All right. Well, in any event, we have a, a pair of passes for Where the Wild Things Are at some point between now and 9 a.m. I get a uh, shot of that. Kelly Clark from Willamette Week. Snuff Watch coming up later on. And uh, because Rick Emerson cares, I've got a little sneak preview of something that was in the news the other day. There is my uh, computer up over there. Let me just... Uh, and let me just say, incidentally, that I, I apologize uh, in advance for this. And that is not only an apology just to the world en masse. This is an apology to you specifically, Sarah. So I... Oh. I hate to be inflicted. What are you doing? Well, I. This is a thing that the people have got to hear, but uh, I know that this will. Um, I know this will cause you some degree of pain. So just uh, you know, just get, keep that apology in mind as we as we listen to this. Gentlemen, Bob Dylan. No, I was hoping that wasn't the case. Why? Why is this happening? Is my question. Did he decide that he needed to be Tom Waits? That's actually who I thought it was at first. Yeah. No. Clear his throat. That's the thing is, it's not like he's had a bunch of dairy or something before he before he stepped to the mic. And probably this goes on for another four and a half minutes. Uh, and then the, well, the Lennon the sisters. Just, yeah, just, 
Yes, exactly. If they play it, played it in Target, nobody would notice. It's the weirdest thing. It's like, I don't even know if it's bad. That's the, It makes me feel dirty. I, it, it's just so odd that Bob Dylan has recorded a Christmas album. And I've got the entire thing, by the way. And it is just, it's just... It's just varying degrees of weird. At one point, I think he actually just... It actually causes me, like, larynx pain to hear him singing this way. Not unlike hearing Tom Waits himself, actually. There's one section of this record where it sounds like he's just mumbling a lot of Latin in sort of spoken word, like for no for no real reason. Like it sort of ha- it, it just occurs halfway through a song and then vanishes again. I figure it's never too early to begin embracing the spirit of Christmas. Ladies and gentlemen at the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. The Open Broadcasting Ministry of Truth. This is Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is 526. More rain today. And tomorrow and the day after that. The day after that. High temperatures in the 60s. Gas prices are coming down to the coup. The average price has fallen to $2.76. That's seven cents cheaper than last week. Those living in Portland's west side can find gas in the $2.60 range without much driving around. Because they're jealous of Portland, downtown Vancouver now boasts. Three bike racks designed to get people out of their cars in the coupe and reduce traffic. They cost $100 each. Say, how do you get attention after everybody's stealing the limelight and you're a late-night television personality? Well, uh, Craig Ferguson was on the uh, Larry King show last night, and he admitted the startling reality that he's a bedwetter. Well, bedwetting during active alcoholism, I mean, I'm fine now. It's not like I'm, I'm advocate. You know, I'm, I'm well, good. Well, you right about yeah, it. The, the first day of rehab, I, I knocked off the bedwetting. I okay. just want to make that clear. They, they were definitely associated, the bedwetting okay. and, and the alcoholism. I'm why, just did saying, you, why did you lay it all out like that? Because it's the truth, you know, and because... So he's, it sounds like he's sort of, and not only admitting it sort of seems to be an elastic term. And he's here. proud of it. It seems like he's sort of forcibly shoving the bedwetting story under Larry King, who's obviously uncomfortable about the whole thing and doesn't want to hear it. I wonder if the subject of bedwetting hits a little too close to home for uh, for some of the folks on that program there. I wonder if Mr. King, oh. if Mr. King doesn't want to... Uh, doesn't want to pursue that issue at all. I like Craig Ferguson. I'm not. I'm not much of a. a late well, nobody night. wants to think that Larry King has something below the waist. No. Well, I don't think he does. <laughs> That's true. I mean, I think. I'm, the, I'm sure his ex-wife found out well, happily or unhappily <laughs> twice, at least twice. <laughs> it's like the tomb of Ramses b- b- below there. It's just. It's just nothing. Just a big, just pants full of dust. Well, it was something. He has two young children. They're like six and eight. Well, you know, Michael Jackson had young children. It doesn't necessarily. That uh, is true. Doesn't necessarily mean that everything's <laughs> functional. I. I think that below the waist, like below desk level, I think that just Frank Oz is down there, uh, you know, the, the puppeteering the whole deal. I think he's just a creature shop invention, you know, like uh, off camera. Craig Ferguson is kind of, um, he is, I think, legitimately funny as compared to most of the other guys who do late night stuff at this point. But I, but I think I've just, and I don't think it's just me. I think as a culture, we have just, uh, we have left the stage where we are all really invested in whatever's happening in late night television. It's true. Nobody ever talks about it. It's because I think we have, because you have options at this point, which you never did before. Mm-hmm. I mean, at any given point, I got the, you know, the, the, the hours and hours worth of crap on my TV that I can sort of catch up on. So here's uh, Tim Riley. The crypt above Marilyn Monroe is going back on the auction block. Bidding for the Marble Mausoleum Crypt will start at $500,000 beginning October 19th. Uh, the previous $4.6 million bid for the space fell through when Elsie Poncher first attempted to auction off her late husband's crypt. The new eBay auction will end October 29th and require 1-5% to 5% refundable deposit. 
They believe the crypt at the Westwood Village Memorial Park Cemetery will fetch millions of dollars. Other celebrity neighbors? Farrah Fawcett. She just joined them recently. Natalie Wood, Rodney Dangerfield, Dean Martin, Jack Lennon, Ava Gabor, and Truman Capote. Now, where? This isn't... This is in Westwood. Okay, so this isn't the uh, this is the Michael Forest Jackson Lawn Cemetery. place. No, and it's not the Forever Hollywood place. No, this is Westwood Village. Rank for me now, if you would, Tim, because you know such things. The would you say Forest Lawn is the that yes. is the preeminent burial? That is, the, that is a Cadillac of dead celebrities. Now, is that can anybody be buried there if you have I the money, or do they have to like? No, is it like can. a country club? No, you, know? you can get anything you want in L.A. as long as you have the money. Well, for it. You have the right. Doesn't matter who you are. Well, I because sometimes in L.A. I, I wonder if it is if it, it, let me ask you this. In L.A., what will get you into more things, money or fame? Oh, fame. In other words, if you only had one. Like, let's say you were famous but didn't have a lot of money. Well, well, as as long as you're at the fame level in L.A., the money will follow. The money goes with that. Right. Speaking of which... That's usually the way it works. That kind of brings me back to the once-a-year question of where is Cato Kalin right now? Because he's the guy I always think of in terms of the, you know, the has fame, but maybe not as much money as you might. Cato Kalin doesn't strike me as a guy who's probably, uh, who's probably real good with managing his cash. I bet he's uh, on a reality show. Oh, probably. There's so many of them. We can't keep track of them anymore. It seems like, although I saw that Fox just actually, I mean, it's not just a show. They canceled their entire network because there was that Fox reality, uh, network, which now is going away. I think it's turning into something else. So they actually had round the clock 24 hour. Um, reality programming, which I think has vanished. But Cato Kalin, to me, is he is kind of emblematic of the uh, famous guy that probably has no money, unless he's smarter than than I give him credit for. Uh, you know, and he has somebody to help him. You know, manage those so, sorts of things. So Forest Lawn is the preeminent place to be buried in Hollywood. Yes. After that would come where? Or is mm. everything else just a distant second at that point? I would imagine because Forest Lawn has like two or three different ones. So a, I mean. It's like the giant Vancouver Auto Mall of Death <laughs> at two or three different locations. Excellent. Um, hello, hi, you're on the uh, Rick Emerson Show. How can I help you? Hey, I got a great bedwetting story. That's How good can they be? Beginning to a wonderful call, yes. How, go ahead. <laughs> I was dating this gal, and uh, she was just kind of irritating me and just kind of getting whiny. I said, hey, you know, as a joke, hey, did you wet the bed when you were a kid? You know, uh, the uh, the, steer, the tears started coming, and I thought, oh, what happened? I don't understand. Let's back up for a second. You're dating a girl who irritates you. Is this like an irritation on an ongoing basis, or is this like a particular night where she struck you as, as uh, especially annoying? Especially annoying, exactly. And so I just kind of... Why did you go right to the bedwetting thing? Well, I don't know. I just heard it. I heard did you murder cats when you were a child? <laughs> no. So I just, you know, I just kind of... in. Joking, just said, you know, hey, are you a bedwetter? Yes. Come on. Like, quit teasing me. Quit getting after me. And so then she started crying. And then I found out that until uh, she was about a senior in high school, she wet the bed. And I thought, oh, God, I am the I am the jerk boyfriend that uh, is really teasing her about bedwetting. Well, realistically so, speaking, how could you have uh, how could you have known? But everybody did. I mean, we, we've discussed this before, the dynamic that everyone sat next to somebody in, like, fourth or fifth grade that would occasionally just whiz their pants. I mean, for I mean, like, way beyond the stage. And in retrospect, I guess I feel bad about making fun of those kids because it, it seems like if you are wetting, if you're wetting the bed or your, you know, your, your clothing, uh, I, I don't know, past, when do kids, I mean, when do kids reasonably stop wetting the bed? Anybody? Like, I would, I would maybe five or six years old? Or something? I thought, like, around five. Maybe. So, 
Well, and now he's gone. So, like, um, it goes back since, to the days of Jesus, I would imagine. Childhood bedwetting. Okay, well, probably, sure. It just, but I mean, I remember sitting in like, I don't know, fourth or fifth grade, and there was, uh, and there was one boy and one girl, um, and I can remember their names, and the girl has a very distinct name, so I won't say it on the air, but they, they, occasionally you would just, you know, there'd just be this off-putting sort of ammonia-like uh, uh, smell in the air, and suddenly everybody would know what had happened, but there must have been something weird going on there psychologically. I imagine if you keep wetting the bed... You know, one, once you're into, uh, you know, getting in the middle school or something, I mean, there's probably some, I know, you probably go home with dad's probably, I don't know, beating you with a luggage rack or something when you, when you get back home. But if you're, but if you're wetting the bed into high school, I think you've probably just got muscle issues. That seems like where, uh, Mr. Bladder doesn't function the way he ought to. And then if you're wetting the bed later on, you may in fact be dating Sarah. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228. I'm sorry, it was was right there. I I couldn't not... Not not present guy. No, not the present guy. No. This is... No. Uh, Coming up later on, we have Kelly Clark from the uh, Willamette Week. will join us here with another installment of Food Porn. Snuff Watch on the way. uh, And a uh, pair of passes for you to see where the wild things are. That is uh, coming up as well. Stay there. Plus, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. The Rick Emerson Show continues next. Don't go anywhere. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Broadcasting from the greatest city on earth. Where I come from, it is normal to be gay. Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us this morning. Coming up later on, we will have uh, a snuff watch, which is especially poignant for members of my generation. Uh, what else? We have uh, Kelly Clark from Willamette Week who will uh, be with us. Uh, another installment of Food Porn coming up today at 7 o'clock. Passes for you to see where the wild things are. The Spike Jones adaptation of the Maurice Sendak novel and uh, Darwin Watch. Also, just as we speak, I'm preparing to post that photograph of uh, Meghan McCain. And here's the thing about it. Oh, I want to see it. I haven't seen it yet. It's so great. Greg, have you seen the Meghan McCain picture? I have not. It's righteous. Is and it more revealing than the January Jones photo shoot? Well... Megan McCain has more to reveal. First of all, let's be clear on that. Um, it, also, it, 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 she did it as part of the. I keep saying twit pick, which sounds like I'm making something up or abbreviating it, but I think that is an actual official adjunct to the Twitter service that lets you put up a photo and caption it. Yeah, I've heard of TwitPic, but I don't understand how it I is. think it's like Twitter, but it just lets you send a picture along with it, so it's like still 140 characters, but then it can be accompanied by a photograph. Okay. So it's a, it's a picture that she put up that then elicited this whole kind of storm of response, and then I got all of her responses to the responses to the photo. It's just, it, it really is uh, it's, uh, it's fantastic. So I'll get that posted here in just a few. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson radio program from New York City, CNN radio correspondent and man about town, Steve Kastenbaum. Good morning, sir. How are you today? Oh, geez. I'm so thankful to be on because you guys are, are waking me up after having listened to uh, Alan Greenspan at the Council on Foreign Relations. Yeah, he's a, he's a real fire uh, he's a real fire starter of a speecher there. Oh man. Oof. Is uh, Alan Greenspan is one of those guys that has I mean, he is sort of he is sort of this this perfect mixture of um, astonishing amounts of intelligence and knowledge with absolutely no ability to convey that information in any kind of a gripping fashion. 
I mean, it is just sort of like listening to one of those white noise generators you put next to your bed to help you achieve a dream-filled sleep. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, he's, he just took another question. Let's hear how he just sounds as he speaks. You're, you're absolutely right. Listen to this. liquidation is utterly unprecedented. Since a significant proportion of those inventories come uh, are financed by... <sighs> I mean, can't you just picture that coming out of a thing that's a sharper image right next to your pillow? Sort of a... Yeah, you have the button that that's, you know, either gives you the, the sound of crickets and the wind blowing through the leaves. Greenspan. And then the Greenspan button. <laughs> right, the, right between Foghorn and, uh, you know, and like Babbling Brook. Uh, all right. It's such a relative thing, though. I mean, we, I mean... Look, far be it for me to say that I know more about Alan Greenspan than, like, anything. Uh, but, um, I mean, his knowledge clearly has trips mine by, like, a factor of a billion. But it's, it's, it's so relative in terms of, uh, in terms of financial recovery now, right? Because, because the market just kept plunging and plunging and plunging and plunging. So it's like when they show Ali Velshi on CNN and he's talking about how the housing market is ticking up. And, what he'll do is he'll find some really narrowly defined area of the uh, of the housing situation where something has gone up like point zero zero two percent, and he'll have a massive green arrow pointing straight up that's like three feet across to try to put the best possible face on the situation. And I never really know whether to you know to actually you know to feel good about that or not. So what is the what is the general consensus on the uh, on the stock market? The general consensus on the stock market right now is this is an absolutely unprecedented, uh, astounding recovery in stock prices from their uh, their lows, you know, within the last year. The the Dow Jones Industrial Average has bounced back more than fifty percent in less than a year. The S and P five hundred has bounced back fifty nine percent in that same time period. And the general consensus is this, this can't keep going on forever because not only are stock prices, you know, still going up and expected to uh, continue going up for the next couple of weeks at least, also commodities prices are, are rising at the same time, even more quickly. In fact, uh, the developing world is actually leading the world in economic growth, not the United States or, uh, or other uh, Western nations. So there's a problem there because that means we're going to get taxed with uh, higher prices for commodities, the, the, the things that we need for manufacturing, right? And if those cost more as the economy is growing, that means inflation can happen. Wait, when you say the developing world, is that is that what we now call uh, like second or third world countries? Are we not? Is right. that? Uh, and I only ask that because because these because the phrases change about every five or six years. What we're supposed to say, and I can never really tell what we're talking about. Yeah, I guess the, uh, the the developing world has replaced the term the third world. Yeah. All right. So this so that is so that means as you said that we're going to have to start importing more and more stuff. Well, uh, there's something really odd going on here, and nobody knows how to predict this now because at the same time. The dollar has gone down uh, significantly, so there's this other possibility that, you know, products manufactured in the United States are suddenly cheaper overseas, so that could result in more factory orders and could have maybe balanced out the trade imbalance. So nobody knows what to predict here anymore. Well, let's just be honest. I think it's time for more wars. I mean, I think that's really the only thing that's going to solve this. And I say we start with uh, with Canada. I mean, just uh, before the day's even out, like right now, today, 
We'll uh, we'll hold some of that movie production that seems to be going on up there all the time, and that'll be a uh, that'll be a big step forward in terms of American productivity. Also, in terms of the stock market, you mentioned that it was up like fifty six percent or something. Working in, in in the media, and you know this, I am always suspicious of things that are described in terms of percentage. Because that's usually what you do when something isn't all that great, but you're trying to make it seem more impressive than it is. Our listenership is up by 16,000%, which means that you had, like, one listener, and now you've got, like, 15 listeners. So, well, it's really, uh, at the, in the stock market, it's one of the places where it really is apropos to use the percentage uh, uh, terms, because you're, you're talking about uh, uh, a process in which... You know, the market, uh, when it was operating normally, you know, in a month or if it was having a good month, it might have gone up two or three percent. Well, it's time for me to, uh, it's time for me to rack up all kinds of consumer debt again. Now that we're on the recovery, it's, it's once again time to get in, in hock up to my eyeballs. You know what, you know what it's time to do? If you actually listen to Uncle Warren, Warren Buffett, when the stock market was, uh, at its all time lows, uh, and there were some stocks that, uh, were in the basement, now is a good time. If you bought then, like if you bought Goldman Sachs or Bank of America, and you've seen a tremendous turnarounds in, in, in those stock prices, and you've made a really nice profit, take the profit out now, because nobody knows where the stock market's going to go uh, in, in a month from now. The Buffett setting is right between Babbling Brook and uh, Greenspan, and the, the Buffett thing is just sort of a gurgling Australian, sort of a glottal kind of a sound that happens. Hey, final uh, thought here. We were mentioning this yesterday, but with all the swine flu and the, uh, you know, the so forth and the infection and the uh, streptococcus and whatever, the, the, there ought to be some sort of a mutual fund that just invests you in products uh, based around... Um, Sterility, you know, cleanliness. Right. It, so, you know, like whatever the company is that makes like Purell hand wipes and Lysol and you know, stuff where you can like sponge off countertops to get rid of the swine flu. There ought to be some fund that will just put you into products that are, that are tied into swine flu prevention. Mm. I'm just saying, you just may, or just find out how those companies are doing. Like, in other words, as cases, two graphs next to each other, as swine flu cases go up, like what happens to sales of Lysol and then the parent company of Lysol, does their stock go up as cases of swine flu are reported? Well, you know, I'm looking at Johnson & Johnson. Uh, they make Purell, right? Uh, and, and, I mean, I don't know how it is in your building, but all of a sudden they installed, like, dozens of additional Purell dispensers around my building right now. I'm thinking Johnson & Johnson, you know, there's where you go. All right. Well, that's something to get on that later on today. Okay. Uh, all right, my friend, have a, a fantastic day. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Here we go. Steve Kastenbaum, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Straight ahead, we have Greg Nibbler and Ball Talk. More from Tim Riley on the way as well. Later on this morning, 7 o'clock, Kelly Clark from uh, Willamette Week will be here. Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com as well. And your chance at a pair of passes to where the wild things are. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Don't go anywhere. Back after this. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. Coming up later on this hour, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com with all that is new in the world of celebrity nudity. By the way, on that subject, you should go to uh, RickEmerson.com. This is safe for work, by the way. There's, there's no actual nudity here. But go to RickEmerson.com, and I've got two links. One is to the, the photo that Meghan McCain put up uh, of herself. This is John McCain's hot, trashy daughter. This photo, that's what I'm saying right there. This photo that she put up of herself last night on her Twitter account, her TwitPic, 
And it is, Greg is actually leaning over the counter trying to get a Greg, look at the... Greg, get that look off your face. Oh, I had to take a look. You can come, uh, you can come journalistic look here. journalistic purposes. It's, uh, you can come uh, look at this on my, uh, my oh machine right there. my, my. It's a picture of Meghan McCain who's sort of trailer park hot. She's what my friend looks Todd... like a butt. Used to, uh, my friend Todd used to have this phrase uh, called porn star pretty. And she is sort of that. But it is her in what she describes as, quote, a spontaneous night in. It's <laughs> Meghan McCain holding an Andy Warhol book because she's deep. Um, it's this black and white photo of her presumably staying in for the night reading a book. And so she's talking about how boring she is and how her life is very sort of plain. And she's not the kind of party girl you would imagine her to be. Meanwhile, her breasts are shoved together and flowing out like lava from Vesuvius. Well, it looks like her neck has been removed and they get right to the business. <laughs> I mean, that's it, right? It's just, it's insane. Um, Why have a neck? The, uh, and, and so she posts this photograph of herself where it's just basically the face and the boobs and the Andy Warhol They're book. They're so high, too. I mean, if you didn't know better, you'd think that you were looking at it in some sort of a fisheye lens where they were just coming right out of the screen at you. Even better, and you can see these at uh, rickemerson.com, even better... Uh, is her actual just regular Twitter feed where she has all of her responses to the ensuing controversy that erupted because immediately all the comments on her Twitter page became either pornographic and lecherous <laughs> or they were like, or there was like the voices of condemnation from people who were just sort of excoriating her for putting her bosoms on display. And then it just became a big pro or con uh, debate on the bosom issue. So it was, you know, people firmly in the boob camp or the opposed to the boobs camp. Uh, and then she gave a running commentary uh, in turn to that. So it's it really is just it's all kinds of awesome. You can find that at rickemerson. Uh, dot com. That is the uh, most recent post there. I, I would like to firmly put myself in the boob camp if that is a yeah a I, concern. I no. It's I think we both come down on the pro bosom side of the uh, of the debate there. As I said, uh, all all I know is if she runs for office, I'm going to put my full weight and support firmly behind her. It doesn't look like she should be holding an Andy Warhol book. It looks like she should be holding her her own porn. That's I mean really That's right. Exactly. It's, a, it's just like oh yeah, it looks like she's at a signing or something. It is. Uh, it is very much a porn star pose. Which and the best thing about it is I can't quite figure out how she took it because she's well, it's a it's a MacBook probably. Oh, that's okay because it, it, because she's facing the camera, and you know that it was not a spontaneous photo because she took the time to make it black and white, right? It's done in grayscale. Yep. And your MacBook doesn't nothing defaults to taking photos in black and white. So I, I'm not faulting her. You take a photograph, you want it to look good, but she takes the photo and then she goes, "My spontaneous night in with an Andy Warhol book." Like anyone sits around and just reads an Andy Warhol book. Um, so she is. Holding the book with her right hand, she is somehow mashing her bosoms together with... She, as you can tell with her other arm, she's kind of... I mean, you're a woman, so you know how to do this, I guess. I, I really don't. I mean, it was... It, well, like, you can't the, see her other elbow, so she could be doing it on both sides. Is that the thing where it's the... It's like she's doing this. Like her with her biceps? That, but she can do that, and then... So she's using her biceps as sort of a vice uh, for her, uh, her, her area there. And then she's in front of the, and then she's bending over also in front. I'm acting it out over here as though so I'm Megan McCain. I'm like, okay, this is what she'd be doing. Hold anyway, it. so, and I guess I should take back. I mean, clearly someone reads Andy Warhol books because they exist. I guess I just don't look at Megan McCain and think that she's a big lover of the arts, you know. But, you know, what do I know? Maybe there's facets to her that are as yet unrevealed. She has probably, she probably has one of those pattern pictures in her bedroom of her face everywhere. I, I know a little bit more about the artists. Almost guarantee that. Uh, it's right next to the water lilies print. It's 503-228-4101. It's time for another exciting edition of Ball Talk with Greg Nibbler. 
All right, I'm Greg Nibbler. Let's talk balls. In uh, NBA news, the Trailblazers retro night was kind of ruined by Phoenix, who uh, beat them 110-104. to That's that's too bad. Uh, Greg Oden did have a double-double, though, and they uh, do still look like they're going to have a good season. Uh, Larry Brown, the coach of the Charlotte Bobcats, has been fined $60,000 for his actions on Monday night in an exhibition game against Atlanta. He was fined 35000 for verbally abusing game officials and failing to leave the court, and 25000 for publicly criticizing the referees afterwards. Of course, these are the substitute referees since the regular ones are on strike. So it's going to be interesting. I, I swear Larry Brown's got to be like 130 years old. I saw a picture of him. He is ancient. But uh, anyway, it's going to be interesting how that plays out in the NBA this year. Uh, in the NFL news, Rush is out. Rush Limbaugh has been removed from his bid to buy the St. Louis Rams. So uh, he, it's... Uh, Going to go on with the St. Louis Blues owner, uh, just Rush is no longer a part of it. Sorry, and so this goes back to the, the discussion we were having yesterday about whether it was uh, him buying the team solely or whether it was with a group of partners. And I guess it was right. the partners who decided that he was kind of weighing them down. Yes. And uh, so they they have removed him. There's been so much criticism about it. I mean, the Indianapolis Colts owner said he would not vote for it. Roger Goodell came out against it. Uh, so there's a lot of opposition and uh, people, yeah, that did not want Rush Limbaugh to be a part of that, mainly because of his uh, racist comments and referring to NFL players as bloods and crips without the weapons. So he was just getting away the deal. and they, uh, yeah. they voted him right off the island. All right. Yeah, they told him no. Uh, in college news, Boise State barely beat Tulsa last night. Uh, so Boise State it really shouldn't be ranked as high as they are. Cincinnati is playing South Florida tonight, uh, so that should be an interesting game. And uh, some interesting news from University of New Mexico. Normally, wouldn't talk about University of New Mexico football, but Coach Mike Loxley has been suspended for one game and will miss 10 days as punishment for striking an assistant coach. Apparently, after a meeting, he punched his assistant coach in the face and split his lip. <laughs> so... Uh, Obviously, some tension in there. They are 0-6, so I don't know. It must have been a very heated meeting, perhaps questioning the coach's coaching style, and he was promptly reprimanded with a punch to the face. The world of sports is just so unlike anything else on earth. I mean, I, It's kind of amazing. <laughs> I cannot imagine operating in some... That would be like Tim coming back, and I had to beat down the general sales manager. <laughs> he was like giving everything. me some flack. No, it's sort of like a soap opera. Yeah, it really is. jock straps. Tim, I think you should cover this news story. Oh, God! And then being punched in the face by Tim. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much what it was. So that's that's going on in uh, at New Mexico. And the sports entertainment world has lost one of its icons. I say sports entertainment because I don't know if this is really sports or not, but this is Captain Lou Albano. Yes, Captain Lou Albano, the legendary wrestler. Uh, I'm sure you all remember him. He has passed away at the age of 76. So we'll do a full snuff watch on this later on, but you people will remember uh, Lou Albano because he, if you don't even if you don't follow wrestling he was the dad in Cindy Lauper's Girls Just Want to Have Fun video yeah uh, they, they start in the kitchen in the Brooklyn or whatever that takes place and he's the dad and he has like the weird rubber band uh, piercings on his face and everything well yeah and he was in a ton of commercials too for different things he has the yeah the beard and the piercings and he always had his shirt off with that vest and uh, always yelling and screaming at the camera so yeah we'll cover that in detail a little bit later on and that concludes this edition of Ball Talk awesome it's five. 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Coming up later on uh, this morning, we'll talk to Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. That's at 640. Uh, Kelly Clark from Willamette Week will be here at 7 o'clock. And later on, your shot at a pair of passes to Where the Wild Things Are. State of the Rick Emerson Show continues next. The Rick Emerson Show continues next. I'm picturing him uh, lowering his pants while he's watching me oh, through the God. hole in the wall.
I don't know who that would be. This is Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101, KUFO. Thank you for uh, joining us. It's 503-228-4101. By the way, the last thing I'll say about Meghan McCain for a while. But you can go to rickemerson.com and you can see this photo she put up of herself on her uh, her Twitter page. And it, the photo, which is clearly designed uh, just to um, heighten the awareness of her uh, bosoms through what Sarah says is a padded bra, by the way. Well, she has huge boobs, but, you know, you just... But she doesn't have enormous boobs. In order to get them that high, she would have to have, like, a seriously padded bra. So it's underneath. not just a question of posing. It is also there's some layering of the clothing underneath that's happening. Oh, there. yeah. There's some augmentation happening. Well, I mean, my God. Like, those are, like, up to her collarbone. I mean, they're, they're, yeah, they are, they really are three-dimensional. So she posts this photograph, and then immediately, like, horny dudes and uh, the bitter women come out of the woodwork. And there's just nothing but, uh, the, the, but messages about her breasts that suddenly start filling up her Twitter page, which you think she would have anticipated... And maybe she did, but maybe she only anticipated half that equation. Like, maybe she just figured it would be nothing but flowery sort of enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Um, this is all orchestrated to take attention away from Sarah Palin. I would imagine that is probably the case. I mean, as strange as that sounds, I think that's probably it. I think that she and Sarah Palin are probably in some weird undeclared grudge war mm-hmm. about who's going to be the female face of the Republican Party. Um, I'm looking at some of these comments, which are sort of like, You're smart, beautiful, and classy. Everything the haters are not. And then, like, horny guy number 75 says above that, um, you have beautiful eyes. Wink, wink, wink. Not one, not two, but actually three winky emoticons. Oh, wow. Megan McCain then responds to all of this by saying things like, so I took a fun picture, not thinking anything about it, but apparently if I wear anything other than a pantsuit, I am a slut. (laughs) Then she says, shades of Miley Cyrus, I am considering deleting my Twitter account. What once was fun is now just a vessel for harassment. Later on, she brings up the slut word again. She says, you know, when I'm alone in my apartment, she says, like, it's sounding increasingly more shrill and defensive. I wear tank tops and sweatpants. I had no idea this makes me a slut. I cannot even tell you how hurt I am. Later, I am getting the F off of Twitter. I won't delete my account until I sleep on it. Thank you for the nice words, supporters. So, uh, there you go. And I think the final resolution uh, comes when she says, I want to apologize to anyone who was offended by my twit pick. Twit pick is a really awkward phrase. It's even worse than... I'm sorry for showing you my twit pick. I, and I, and I almost, and I almost said something really inappropriate because I can never get, because I never say tweet. I don't ever say that as a verb or as a noun. So I very. Uh, what were you almost going to say, Rick? Something that is sort of uh, like something that shares. Uh, if you buy a vowel, you'll understand what I'm talking what that about. That would be. She says, "I clearly made." She actually says, "This is the phrase she uses." She says, "I've made a huge mistake, <laughs> and I'm sorry to those who are offended." All right, it's five zero three two two eight four one zero one. Oh, by the way, before we go to the news, speaking of people who have made a huge mistake. If uh, you drove by St. Mary's Academy yesterday, and St. Mary's Academy is that, I'm assuming that's a, I don't know if it's a middle school or a high school, it's that place downtown on 6th and, it's on south of 6th and Market. 
Oh yeah, it's a Catholic school of some of some sort, but uh, I think I think it's a high school downtown. Yeah, it's yeah. it's right by um, it's, it's close to PSU. It's right by PSU. It's by Lincoln Performance Hall. There's a Seven Eleven right there, but it's by the, it's sort of like you're headed toward the park blocks. But it's at Southwest Sixth uh, and Market, and I don't know if it's just a girls' school. It, 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 I don't I don't believe it is. Anyway, that's that's all kind of irrelevant. But I was driving by yesterday, and the sign. Like the sort of reader board where it says something like, you know, PSA meeting or, you know, this, you know, the PTA meeting this Friday or welcome back, seniors. If you drove by St. Mary's Academy yesterday and my Blackberry doesn't have a camera or I would have taken a photograph of this. I don't know the explanation for this message, but the reader board outside St. Mary's Academy just says, thanks, BBW supporters. I don't know why it says that or who told them to put that message up, but. It's there. So if you get a chance to take a photograph of that, what is just, uh, BBW? It's a thing. My, uh, you know, the, uh, can you give me one of the words? My bros in the audience understand what I'm talking about. So uh, BBW is an internet euphemism uh, for big, beautiful woman, which is uh, kind of what the it is what uh, the women of larger carriage will refer to themselves as, uh, as opposed to saying whatever. It's like a euphemism. Like you'll see that all like you see that all the time. Uh, on the internet, where women will refer to themselves as that, as opposed to saying "I am a size whatever" or "I am I'm huge. large" or "I'm huge." I'm huge. It is. It's one. It's one of those acronyms that never existed until the internet era, and then it just sort of became omnipresent. But it is um like it, it's used especially by women who um are, I think, trying to avoid giving specific physical descriptions of themselves. But they will use that as a way to, you know, to let everybody know that they are oh, on the like larger side. Portionate, it's like BBW. Exactly, but it's. But I think there's an implied sexiness that goes along with it too. Um, I think there's uh, some sort of a so SBBW or sure or that. Anyway, so I had somebody alert me to that yesterday, and sure enough, it is there. So uh, you can see that at Sixth uh, and Market downtown at the news desk. Your personal savior, Tim Riley. Live from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth. This is Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is 6.30. Expect more rain today. High temperatures about 60. Well, this should come as no surprise. Uh, this comes to us from Hanford. Investigators have just spent a weekend mapping out radioactive rabbit feces with detectives mounted on helicopters flying 50 feet over the desert scrub. The Hanford site is, uh, well, where, where roughly two-thirds of the plutonium used but the nuclear weapons arsenal were made beginning in World War II and ending in the 80s. Is the focus of a big environmental cleanup. And part of that cleanup is rabbit feces. By the way, they're not cleaning anything up there. When they say cleanup, here's what Hanford is like. And I can tell you this because, of course, I grew up right next to that place. When they say they're cleaning up Hanford, that's like when your mom is trying to get you to eat some crap that she made for dinner that is no good. And you just move it around on the plate in various configurations until it looks like you've eaten a substantial amount of it. There is no cleaning up. There is no removal. There is no getting rid of anything. None of the radioactive waste at Hanford will ever be gotten rid of. It will never, ever, ever be solved. That is a problem that will just stay there and will eventually kill us all. So let's... I have no illusions about that. But but now they're specifically focusing on rabbit feces? Yes, because there's so much of it. But why rabbit feces and it's why... It's radioactive. Well, okay. Let me back up again. Why... How is it that it is just the rabbit feces that they are focusing on? I mean, I understand it's radioactive, but... Mm-hmm. Like, is rabbit feces more radioactive than other... I mean, you think the rabbit itself would be would be radioactive. And, you know, feces doesn't really move around once it's, uh, you know... 
You know, once it's on the ground, it kind of stays there, typically speaking. A radioactive rabbit, on the other hand, seems like a thing that could probably follow you and then, uh, you know, come home with your family and give everybody tumors. Well, it says, first the rabbits and mice and badgers, which will become a public health hazard for those living around there. So all these radioactive uh, animals are running around there. But it's just the feces they're worried about for some Correct, reason. Correct, yes. Maybe the radioactivity somehow leaves uh, the body with the feces? Yes. I I get the, I mean, I, I, well, well, the main reason for this is they got $300,000 in federal funding oh. to clean up rabbit feces. Well, there you go. That's so it, it keeps people working. That's exactly what it is. Well, one of the most uh, frequently cited you know, stories about Hanford, uh, Eddie, on the one that I, I tell the most, is there was that article about, I don't know, it's probably five or six years ago now. I wish to God I had saved this because I'll tell people the story and they don't believe me, but it was in the Tri-City Herald, which is sort of the paper of record in Kennewick, which serves the, the Hanford Nuclear Reservation. But there was that story that twenty they did a random sampling and twenty percent of all the plant and insect life near Hanford was, was radioactive. So wow. like twenty percent of yeah, it doesn't matter. Trees, scrub, flies, gnats, rodents, moss, weeds. Twenty percent of everything is radioactive. Doesn't matter what including all the things that fly around and you know, and then bite you and then the, you know, give you superpowers. So um anyway, so there you go, rabbit feces. Oh, which uh, I would um obviously move from the area um of the feces and um make sure I tell the correct um authorities about the situation. By the way, we have here from Wikipedia, somebody said this to me. BBW is a an abbreviation most frequently used in the context of affirmation of or sexual attraction to women who are above average weight. The term BBW was coined by Carol Shaw in 1979 uh, when she launched uh, BBW Magazine, a fashion and lifestyle magazine for plus-size women. Although BBW may have first been used in the context of this magazine, the term's usage has spread over the years to the point that even women who have never heard of the magazine began to refer to themselves as BBWs. Um, such terms and others such as... <laughs> I love Wikipedia. I love Wikipedia just because... They're just so bluntly spoken about some things. It says, such terms and others such as queen-sized, plus-sized, or fat <laughs> may, may lead to feelings of marginalization what and non-inclusion. Like um, however, some strongly prefer the term fat over other words, which they consider unnecessary euphemisms. BBW is also uh, used as a positive euphemism by people involved with the fat acceptance movement who reject the descriptor of obese today the abbreviation is often found online especially in personals ads denoting an identification uh with or preference for such women anyway so there so, you go. so is uh, these the type of the women that this school is trying to recruit is that what you're saying i don't know it's it was all very unclear to me but i but somebody had mentioned you didn't take it. a picture of this no well my blackberry doesn't have a have them a camera i got like the one I thought you had everything in the world i everybody's blackberry has a camera except for mine that's the i am the only person on earth whose blackberry does not have a camera uh because i got these so-called corporate model and i guess they do, they don't want you to be able to engage in espionage at the office which is which is retarded, which is just stupid, and I love my BlackBerry, I really do. But the fact that it doesn't have a camera, which I wouldn't even really use all that often, but well, when I, I see, use mine constantly. But see, that's it. That or like when we there was that sign on Powell on the Ross Island Bridge, the zombie stripper sign, mm -hmm. you know. And I wasn't able to take a photo of that either. So, and they've probably changed, uh, you know, this uh, this sign by now. So anyway, in any event, there you go. Uh, let's take a break. We'll come back after this. More from Tim Riley and Mr. Skin uh, on the other side of this. Mr. Skin from uh, MrSkin.com. Coming at the top of the hour, Kelly Clark from Willamette Week and a uh, supplemental edition of Ball Talk later on as well as a full snuff watch for Captain Lou Albano. Stay there. The Rick Emerson Show continues after this. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Don't miss a moment of the
The Rick Emerson Show, or you'll be filled with desperate, miserable shame. The only person who molested me as a child was me. Listen online, live, or via podcast at KUFO.com. Welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from MrSkin.com, the online celebrity nudity database, our good friend, Mr. Skin himself. How are you today, sir? Hey, Rick. How's it going? Uh, things are going very well. What is new in the world of nudity? Well, there's a movie that opens in theaters this weekend called The Stepfather, um, and it's it's a remake of the classic 1987 thriller um, starring Terry O'Quinn as the stepfather and Shelley Hack as the wife. And in that movie is one of the great gratuitous nude scenes of all time. In fact, in the 10 years I've had this website, I'm often emailed or asked on radio shows, who is the girl that took a shower in the original Stepfather? Right. And her name is Jill Sholin. And the reason I say it was gratuitous, if you watch the movie, there was really no context, there was really no reason to have this scene. Now, I'm not complaining about it in any way, but uh, it, it was like there was something going on. All of a sudden, they show her in the shower and um, or undressing to take a shower then in the shower then she gets out then it cuts away to another scene there was really really no reason but I'm not complaining unfortunately this uh, year's edition which opens Friday um, even though it stars Amber Heard who has been naked in the informers it's PG-13 and you won't be seeing any skin but uh, kind of a uh, uh, it's a cool franchise but the uh, original with that Jill Sholin scene I still get so much interest in uh, She's the girl. So anyway, Stepfather's in theaters this weekend. Now, also on DVD is season two of Showtime's TV series, The Hunger. And, uh... I don't know if you know too much about it, but it basically was a nonstop parade of vampire vixens and uh, bloodsuckers and goth girls gone nakedly wild. And uh, we're big fans of it. There weren't big celebrities that were nude in it, but every week there was another actress nude. Very good sex scene. So if you're a, a fan of vampires and nudity, The Hunger is uh, a DVD you want to pick up. Uh, finally, Rick, I wanted to mention, I know you're on top of this, but uh, on Californication Sunday night, I, as promised, by me last week, Eva Amore, who's the real-life daughter of Susan Sarandon, um, who, who is a, plays a college student slash stripper, uh, did an amazing strip tease in the opening seconds, their opening minute of uh, uh, the series, uh, episode three, and it was not a disappointment. In fact, I'm going to say that this nude scene so far is the best nude scene of 2009. I'm, I'm that into it. And uh, uh, very, uh, if you haven't seen it, check it out at our website or uh, uh, see if you can find it uh, somewhere else. But you have to see it. And Rick, she's supposed to do another nude scene Sunday night. Awesome. Great. And I have to say that, and again, I am also not complaining, but it was even though she plays a stripper and so there's some sort of theoretical reason, mm -hmm. it was the very definition of gratuitous in some ways right. because they, and I know, it's not like a big spoiler or anything, but the episode, you didn't have to wait for it. The episode opens 
with right. with her stripping, and then at one and then moments later, she's actually stripping upside down while gripping a pole with her thighs. I, it was just the best thing ever. But then you realize it's actually a dream sequence, right? So there was know, no reason for yeah, it to exist. Know, it was awesome. One, one good thing to make you feel better is that her mother, Susan Sarandon, we did an article on this at our website, is quoted as saying that she was all for her daughter doing a nude scene, and she said, you know, you have the body for it, do it. Fantastic. And, uh, so it's it's all good. So Excellent. check that out uh, Sunday night on Californication. Excellent. As always, doing the Lord's work, my friend, Mr. Skin. We will talk to you next week, sir. All right, see you, Rick. Thank Bye. you. Live from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, yeah. this is Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is 6.50. More rain today in the forecast. High is about 60. The Swank, now bank-owned South Waterfront condos that were going for an arm and a leg, have gone without an entire year without a sale. No sales. It has 196 units, only a quarter of which have been sold. Which apartments are these? These are the high-rises down by the uh, the gondolas uh, on the South Waterfront. Down by the, the ones, gondolas? The ones down near the old spaghetti factory. Wait a minute, what gondolas are we talking about? He's talking about the tram. Tram. Oh, okay. All right. so I, <laughs> you have I was, to know how to speak Tim speak. I am oh, no, not like in... Uh, <laughs> I was all confused for a second. I was just like, well, oh, you're what about the ones are we in? I'm sorry. I, you know, or like a thing, like a boat. Uh, all right. I, I know. I'm, I that could those... lead to confusion. <laughs> I and I guess I'm thinking of, of a different building, too, because I was thinking of that place that is just for OHSU students, right? No, Be- because that, this is not it. There's that... Because... Isn't part of that complex that they just built down there just for OHSU folks? Yes. Uh, because yes. they don't have, they were talking about how the, kids, the students don't have whatever uh, housing that you know can get them to the campus or something. Plus, I think they're going to be building a bunch of adjunct uh, classrooms down there. Like, I think the OHSU dental school is going to be down uh, in that complex, too. But you're talking about those apartments that they've, uh, th- th- I mean, Jesus. I mean, how much did it cost them to, to build that building? A I mean, zillion dollars. I, it had to have been. I mean, it had to have been what uh, it it had to have been what Henry Darger would call a trillion dollars uh, to put those things up, and they can't get anybody to rent them because they're ungodly expensive. Didn't they just do the same thing with those apartments where uh, our uh, programmer emeritus uh, Bruce Agler used to live? Those yes. ones that are up on third. They were they, they made those condos, didn't they? They booted everybody out. Right, exactly. When they were their apartments, they kicked everybody out, made them into condos, and now they, they can't move any. They of those look things. like some communist era buildings, anyway. Well, they. It, then they can't get. I mean, they tore down all the insides and even painted on the outside, but there there was just too much stuff on the market. They uh, they chose poorly. Did you say that they have 196 units? Period. That they can't rent, or that's how many are available? That's how many now? of all they've sold a quarter of them. Jesus. So that's 100. So that's what like 30 of them. Mm-hmm. So there's so that's 166 of those apartments that are empty. Jeez. Wow. Suck that. I mean, there you just aren't enough people in the world. <laughs> really? They're hey, just and who and who is going to buy? In the middle of a recession with the worst unemployment rate, at least one of them in the country, you know, what are people supposed to do for a living who buy these to pay their mortgage? I, uh, yeah, I think the answer to that is, uh, I think the answer to that is nobody. Oh, by the way, I should read this email before we, uh, before we, uh, take a break. This says, Rick, about that Heidi and Spencer interview you guys did. Now, this is the, uh, Heidi and Spencer, the, the, the interview from Tuesday. Wow, and I just watched the new episode of The Hills yesterday. Holy God, Spencer is an Are they douche-tastic? Oh, man. No, he, she's just... It's the most horribly abusive relationship, and to just watch it, it's its like watching a car crash. Well, somebody sent us an email about the Heidi and Spencer interview we did on Tuesday, which we were trying to work in all of these euphemisms for douchebag to see if they would notice. And uh, so we had a listener who put together a, this sort of a little slideshow to accompany that that I will post later. The guy says, can you please post the slideshow? Uh, interview was hilarious. It was especially uh, funny how the oblivious they were to the fact that you kept calling them douchebags. And everybody sees this on this moment. It says when you 
So when you referred to them as being Summer's Eve and <laughs> Heidi said, I totally agree, it was the best thing I'd heard all week, uh, please replay. We, I don't know if we'll have a chance to actually replay it as such, but I'll put that slideshow up uh, at rickemerson.com. Uh, and, uh, okay, so, Greg, can you uh, let whoever this is know that we'll kind of get them on the other side? We've got some the calls coming in about stuff that I want to get through. So, straight ahead, we will have Kelly Clark from Willamette Week here, another exciting installment of Food Porn as well. We'll get uh, some phone calls, and uh, we have uh, a pants for you to see where the the wild things are coming up at some point between now and 9 a.m. Your shot at a pair of passes to see where the wild things are. Plus, Snuff Watch on the way as well. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson the Rick Show. Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. We are talking, of course, to uh, the one and only Heidi and Spencer. You guys have both been uh, through so much. You've been through the ringer. And yet, you know, it's great that, you know, and I mean this sincerely, your love really survives. It perseveres. In a way, it's 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 almost like this Shakespearean story. It's almost like, um, it's like a Midsummer Night's Dream, you know, but it's your lives that you guys kind of are that summer's eve in a sense you know yeah i totally agree kufo portland It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's 503-228-4101-503-228-4101. Before we do anything else, uh, I should point out that for reasons sort of unknown to me, Greg just typed on the screen the words plumper porn. I don't really that, know why that or... That was in reference to your BBW comments earlier. When you were talking about big, beautiful women, you said it was relating to porn. Did I say it was related to porn, yes, Sarah? You yes, you did. I will excerpt it and prove this, that you said this. <laughs> Nobody said porn, Defensive. Yes, okay. Projecting. I will excerpt it right now. All right. I don't He's think... He's getting all flustered. He can even say excerpt. He's like, excerpt. I, I, will, I will get it. I, uh, uh, spreading lies about me. Wow. I think it's... Uh, I think, I'm so thinking nerve strike. <laughs> I... I was just asking was why you typed hide. plumper porn, I, which seems like a fair query uh, on my behalf. I, no, I wasn't passing judgment, you understand? I was just wondering if there was something I was supposed to mention, like did we have a plumper porn giveaway that I'd forgotten about? Or? Could it be that you made an error? I don't think that's possible, Tim. I mean, really, scientifically yeah, speaking. I, well, in any event... Plumper porn? I, which is... I'm, is that just... I mean, is that just yeah, like Greg, what fat chick porn, porn, or is that like a specific activity? Well, that is big uh, BBW porn. Ah, I see. Okay, so this is because of the St. Mary's. We were pointing out that St. Mary's Academy downtown, which I think is a... Uh like a Catholic school or something, and I don't think it's just a girls' school, but it's like a Catholic high school, maybe. Um, but but the sign out front right now, and it was that way yesterday afternoon, it's probably still the same. The reader board outside of St. Mary's Academy on Sixth and Market says, "Thanks, BBW supporters." Like for for reasons that are sort of unknown to me. Um, and then somebody sent me the Wikipedia entry because Sarah hadn't heard the term. Uh, and then there are all these variations on it. Says so the acronym BBBW refers to big, beautiful black women. Uh, another variant is SSBBW. Which means, Sarah? Single, sexy, same sex. Big, the, the black, Kelly Clark from Willamette Week uh, weighing in, same sex. No, it is uh, super-sized, big, beautiful women. Apparently, there is much debate, says Wikipedia, on a definition for super-size. Anytime you're referring to a person as super-size, that's just unfortunate. So is there, what, yeah, what's the limits of big versus, yeah, super-sized big? I don't, I don't yeah, know, I Mr. Plumper Porn. Why don't, you, why don't you show me what those lines of Tom demarcation are? Go bigger, just $1.99 extra. Uh, 
so it, it says that there is much debate on a definition for supersized, big, beautiful women as opposed to whatever. Anyway, I guess there is a male equivalent because that was going to be my next question. Is it BBM? Well, I think that's an all-girls school, so that wouldn't apply here. St. Mary's Academy? Yeah. Uh, apparently, the male equivalent is BHM, which stands for Big Handsome Man, Ew. which refers to a physically or sexually attractive fat man. <laughs> these men are these men are large to extremely large. There are many subcategories. Some are men who just happen to be large. Some are others who attempt to become fatter. I'm going to quit reading this because it's crazy and doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's five zero three two two eight. Four one zero one Kelly Clark from uh, Willamette Week here in the uh, studio. Hello, how are you today? Hey there, nice to be back. <laughs> um, Sorry, morning. I'm just l- checking out your CPR microshield right There's now. There's a whole lot of weirdness in the studio. We've got the yeah. plumper porn business. Somebody just sent us. Um, I got this earlier today. I was showing it to uh, everybody during the break. Somebody sent us a slideshow that was made to accompany our Heidi and Spencer interview from Tuesday, which is awesome. Is I think amazing. it's going to get national recognition. I'm just saying it's pretty. It's pretty righteous. Listener Ronald created that, and uh, Sarah's going to post that uh, online here. Oh, I have it. Yeah, it's already up. I'm pretty sure Heidi and Spencer will love it. All of this weirdness with the Meghan McCain photo, and then Kelly's pointing out the fact that we have this CPR microshield, and you, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you've seen this in the first aid kit at your office, probably, wherever you work. If you go into the first aid kit, it is a thing you put on your mouth that I think, the theory is you can do CPR on somebody and they can't vomit into your larynx, you know, or they can't vomit. And so we figured out, do you stick the tube in their mouth? But we were never able to figure it out, right, because there was a, there was a, uh, a paramedic, did we ever actually look at the package to see if the instructions were on what? there? I'm sorry, this looks what, like what, something you find at Spartacus. I, I guess at, at the point of needing that, you could stick that anywhere on them and they wouldn't care. Well, the we- <laughs> well what are they going to do? Protest? I mean, they can't even they can't even breathe. The but we had a paramedic or a guy who was like a paramedic. I want to say uh, I want to say paramedic, but it was something like that. Mm-hmm. But and then there was a guy who had been a like a military medic, and they both gave completely conflicting stories about how you're supposed to use this like their their uh, instructions on the use of this particular item were absolutely in opposition to one another so in any event kelly clark what will we be uh discussing today in terms of uh, the willamette week's coverage of this fine city all sorts of fabulous stuff this week uh first of all a uh portland city police officer is dealing with allegations that he totally digs nazis which you know is is always good in your police officers. Well, okay. Uh, we explain to you why you don't have a job. We tackle the Oregon Music Hall of Fame, who is inducting seven people who we really have never heard of, uh, among other excellent stories. Oh, and a, and a new place uh, that wants to teach you how to cook with lots and lots of fat. Excellent. So, uh, on the other side of this, we will uh, talk about which Portland police officer seems to have a Nazi fetish. We'll reveal the shocking truth later. Also, a new installment of uh, Food Porn. And Tim Riley is tracking the following headlines for you on this Thursday morning. A K2 cameraman is roughed up by some guy just walking by and is further insulted by being told that K2 sucks. That's not our assessment, you understand. No, That's, uh, we're just passing along the fact or a mm-hmm. conduit here. Right. Uh, 200 jellyfish wash up on a Hawaiian beach, stinging and terrifying tourists. United Airlines is facing stick fines for uh, safety hazards. Apparently, they crammed towels into leaky jet engines instead of fixing them (laughs) and got caught. Oh, my God. Awesome. That's fantastic. That all begins moments from now. It's 503-228-4101, plus your shot at a pair of passes to see where the wild things are. Stay there. The Rick Emerson Show continues next with Kelly Clark and Food Porn right here, live in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Don't go anywhere. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. 
share your thoughts with millions. They're scowling, goose stepping commies. That's what freaks me out about them. Sour pusses. Call 503-228-4101. The Rick Emerson Show returns. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. Thank you for joining us. We are live on Rock 101 KUFO right here in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Coming up later on this hour, a snuff watch from the world of wrestling and the supplemental edition of Greg Miller's Ball Talk. Also got a shot at a pair of tickets for you to see Where the Wild Things Are. A new film from Spike Jones and a copy of the new Simpsons book, The Uncensored Un... Uh, something. I don't have the copy points. Unauthorized History of the Simpsons. We've got the new hardcover behind the scenes of the Simpsons book. The unauthorized, uncensored history of the Simpsons. It's the real look inside the phenomenon known as Homer, Marge, Bart, Lisa, and Maggie Simpson. That's right, Sarah. Written by Mr. John Ortvedt. Available wherever books are sold. That's uh, between now and 9 a.m. We'll be listening for that. It's 503-228-4101. In just moments, we will continue uh, our discussion with Kelly Clark from uh, Willamette Week. But uh, joining us now in the studio... It's Greg Nibbler, our production assistant extraordinaire. So we we should note a couple of things here. First of all, A, you, during our discussion of the, the, the term BBW, which is a sort of internet-based abbreviation for big, beautiful woman. Yes. You typed the phrase plumper porn. I did. On the screen. And then when we asked you about that later, you said, well, you guys were talking about porn. Okay, Which I well, we, you said, and you've had like ample time to refine that audio and prove it wrong. So because I, I did that ever was the case. I did look back. I did look back, and no, you referred to it as an internet euphemism, and then you go, "Yeah, my bros will know what I'm talking about." And at that point, that is when I typed plumper porn in the context. I thought it would be appropriate. So but, that's what uh, you and your bros talk a about. A half hour porn? later, about <laughs> yes, yes, we do. We talk about plumper porn. Um, so yes, that was that was it, what it was in reference to. It just now a like, half hour later, out of context, it does sound uh, a little odd. It I will seems admit this. like you were just projecting a desire to discuss plumper porn on the air. <laughs> Like we were the tabula rasa onto which you could just beam I do find all it of your. I, I admit, you I do. Have... F- I do find it quite odd the the infatuation with the big beautiful women thing. And by odd, do you mean no. sexy? No, I don't. No, but I find, do you, I'm. Do you, Greg Nibbler, own any plumper porn? I do not have what any kind of plumper porn. Do you porn. Own, Greg Nibbler? I don't. I don't have porn. That's such a lie. Actually, how can you lie like that? Isn't listening. How can you? <laughs> Does your wife listen to the show in the morning? Yes, she does. Oh. Oh, see? There you go. (laughs) I understand exactly what's going on. (laughs) Well, all right then. Um, Well, I think on that note, then we'll uh, we'll let you bow out gracefully rather than sit and interrogate you about your undoubtedly vast erotica collection. For today, Rick. For today. We're not going to be nice to him just because it's... Well, just make sure. Just distract her tomorrow. Okay. uh, Yeah, yeah, fine. Find some way to keep keep her away from the radio tomorrow. You know what? The show has ruined many of my relationships. (laughs) I think (sighs) it'll be okay to talk about porn. It's 5 Three two two eight four one zero one. Look, it could be where he could be. Bad. Um, I was gonna, I was going to say something which would have sounded. There's no other way to. Uh, there's no other way to say this. I was going to say this is awkward in so many levels. I was going to say it could be worse, 
he could be dating Sarah, which sounds rude. But what I mean by that is, well, you were the, the you were the way you found your boyfriend's porn collection, and then you had yeah, it sitting out when he walked home. Long, long ago. Yes, this was like seven years ago. Like he walked in the front door, and you had it all laid he out, like on display me, for him. He had. To, I was. I was twenty one. I'm not faulting. I'm just saying, no. like at least Greg is not like going to walk into that situation. I was twenty one, and my boyfriend at the time had lied to me and told me that he didn't own any porn, and then he forgot to put away his collection one day when I was going over to meet him at his house, and there was this backpack full of like DVDs and magazines and stuff. So I decided to go into the living room and surround myself with all the magazines while watching a DVD of his uh, porn when he was coming home for lunch. <laughs> You're an awful person. Actually, that sounds just like a come on. It, was kind of it sort of does, actually. It's, it sort of sounds like probably one of the scenes from many of those if porn films. If it didn't films. look like he wanted to cry. <laughs> I, uh, oh, I just accidentally found your collection. I'm just sort of seeing you just kind of splayed out, just sort of surrounded like, the, surrounded like a half moon. <laughs> like the girl <laughs> in the front of American Beauty, just sort of, you know, with like rose petals of porn everywhere. <laughs> I was watching, like, so you don't own porn, huh? Now, wait a minute. And He's like, I, I'm holding it for a friend. I'm like, oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> really? That's not yeah. my BBM. Um, <laughs> the, now, wait a minute. Was this the same guy you dated, Sarah, that had his porn really, really carefully sorted and organized? You told me about a guy you dated who had his porn in, like, various uh, discrete, and that's D-I-S-C-R-E-T-E categories, where it was, like, folders and subfolders. And yet other folders inside of that. Where no, it was... that's that's your favorite guy. Oh, really? That no, one's that's... your favorite guy. The the one with that. Oh, two different guys. Okay, yeah. so guy number one was the guy where you had his porn sitting out for him when he walked home. Which you're right does sound like the best girlfriend ever. Actually, now that I'm thinking it about sounds it, sounds like a porno. Yeah. Um, guy number two was the guy who had some weird anal retentive, so to speak, tendency for the organizing his porn into unbelievably specific and liked... folders and categories. And it was like young Japanese girls. Was it tentacle porn? Why does it... See, why do you say that? You say Japanese porn. Why is it all gotta be, always got to be tentacles? I just... Oh, I'm a horrible person. You were obsessing obviously. about that tentacle picture in Mad Men yesterday. I am, man, because no one ever mentions it. Because no one ever talks about it. Like... I shall talk about tentacle may, porn. What if you came into my office someday here, and I just had a big thing of tentacle rape happening on the wall know behind me? I tentacle porn is. Yeah, you've it's seen exactly Mad Men, what though. You think it is. I mean, it's tentacle. It's women. Well, I just saw a woman like wrapped up in a. Well, let's us. let's take just a moment here. Let's just have a beat, as they say. <clears throat> All right. I was just referencing the fact that in Mad Men, if you look look on the wall of Burt Cooper's office, which has sort of an Asian theme going on, he has the whole uh, you know he's like the the weird. Um, what are those things called? Like I want to say, like uh, like little walls made with rice paper, like little sort of changing walls or something. Screens. Yeah, he has like yeah that, and he has, but he has that whole decor. But there is this um, the painting hanging on the wall of his office in which a woman is being um, she's having relations with a many tentacled with with you know um, with Cthulhu basically, um, and no one ever says like, hey, what is up with that? Uh, you know, it's just one of those things that uh, it is not remarked upon, which I find sort of strange. That's my only point. It's just disturbing. Let's uh, let's move on here. Uh, we are talking to uh, Kelly to Kelly Clark from uh, Willamette Week. So um, I don't even know how to get into this. Speaking of tentacle porn, yeah, there's just there's just no no rational segue that I can make here. Um, we should touch on this business of cops and Nazis, though. Uh, not that I'm trying to conflate the two. I'm really not. But I know you have. There's a piece in the New Willamette where. You guys discuss a Portland law enforcement officer who does appear to be, have a bit of a low-grade interest, uh, to say the least, in uh, the Hitler. 
Yeah, in, in the Hitlerism. Uh, yeah, Central Precinct Captain Mark Kruger is denying allegations that he is a Nazi supporter, a Nazi enthusiast. Um, and he says this is coming uh, on the heels of there's a complaint against him at City Hall and then a YouTube photo that a former friend of his created that uh, shows photos of him in Nazi garb uh, interspliced with pictures from the Holocaust and really awful stuff. It's it's a really Wait a minute, crazy it, it, story. That does exist or they're saying that exists? No, it does exist. Uh, we have the video on... He's dressed as a Nazi? Mm-hmm. We have the picture in the paper, too. He's got uh, he's got uh, German... Is it in a German kooky, army like springtime for Hitler kind of way? Uh, no, take a look at the picture. He's Honestly, it, the picture. he's sitting up here and he has sort of like oh, a little just, a little Nazi outfit on. That's just um, creepy. That says he says oh that he God. denies these allegations vehemently. He talks to the paper. He says that he is a major history geek, and you know the fact that he has worn swastikas. I'm reading this. Got married 13 years ago in a town where Hitler had his mountain retreat and built a memorial to Nazi era German soldiers on Rocky Butte a couple years ago. Is it's it's history, not Hitler love. So uh, this is a crazy story because the gentleman that is accusing him of all of this, who's come forward, is a former legal aide with the Multnomah County District Attorney's Office, uh, and it's the gentleman. His his name is Seaver, and he's Robert Seaver, and he's the gentleman who fell in love with Diane Downs back in the 1980s and was thinking about springing her from jail. So this is a crazy, kooky, so- only in Portland. Nazi Diane Downs crazy story. A big ball of nuttery. All big right. ball of nuttery. Uh, from that, we will go to food porn here in just one moment. I do want to take a uh, second here to remind you that it is 7.29 a.m. This time check delivered to you by Cooney BMW's 29-minute fast and free service. Performance has an address. Cooney BMW. It is 503-228-4101. It is the Rick Emerson radio program. Now, without further ado, Kelly Clark from Willamette Week with another exciting installment of food porn. We talk a lot about fat on food porn, but today I would like to recognize cornflakes. You can eat them for breakfast, for lunch, for as a hangover snack. They're crunchy, crispy flakes like dandruff from God. They're just wonderful. And it doesn't matter if you want to eat them with fat-free milk, spiked with, you know, half and half, obviously, or, or eat them straight out of the box. They're good at any time. Yeah, they have the nutritional value of a gnat, but they provide the perfect Blake canvas for, like, a gallon of honey or, you know, like, giant spoonfuls of sugar. So you basically can make milk nectar out of, you know, oh. out of a sugar. Mm. Oh, I know. Just thinking about it doesn't it make you happy. And, you know... Let's just put it out here. No off-brand. We can't go to Winco and, and get the off-brand here. It's got to be Kellogg's because the rest is just crap. You know, here's the other thing about cornflakes. You can make them to, uh, use them to make deep-fried ice cream. And they kind of like yes. melt on your tongue, too. They're almost like little bits of heavenly paper. They and, are. And really, without cornflakes, there would be no Frosted Flakes because Frosted Flakes are really just sort of an adjunct uh, cereal Absolutely. to cornflakes. They are kind of the basis of cereals, that and grape nuts. I mean, that's just... I, cereal is one of those things. I mean, when does cereal not taste good? I love cereal. cereal breakfast cereal time. is one of God's most perfect creations. It, it really is one of the finest things uh, of any sort of any kind of noun that exists on planet Earth. I mean, there's really something to be said for that. When I was a uh, when I was a kid, I went through this phase. I don't know, maybe year, year and a half, where my favorite ice cream topping was, in fact, the cornflake. Oh yeah, because my dad was a big cornflake enthusiast, oh, and that he liked them. Good. If you've never had Mm-mm. cornflakes and ice cream, oh, oh sister, so you got to get like a even like a like a good. Like a quality vanilla ice cream, like a vanilla bean ice cream, and then you put some cornflakes on top. Uh, 
See, I'm doing that thing. My mouth is literally watering. Now I was just doing that thing again to make myself hungry. And actually, I actually gave up cornflakes once after reading Omnivore's Dilemma because I was trying to get some corn out of my diet because I felt bad about the whole entire, you know, the fact that corn is ruining our life. So I gave up cornflakes. <laughs> it's for, not worth it. For nine months. Yeah, you can't. You and can't then my that. will was broken by that beautiful rooster box at, at, at the store. No, I just... I just... I can't live without cornflakes. No, I'm and thinking about them right now. There's no point in giving anything up because it's bad for you or the earth or other people in other countries. Uh, screw that. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. It's I not, failed Michael Pollan. That's that's the thing. It's you know, look, cancer and garbage disposals will get you anyway. There's no uh, there's no avoiding it. So you might as well live while you're alive. Kelly Clark. You're so crunchy. That's right. Kelly Clark from Willamette Week. You can read her in print, Willamette Week, or online at wweek.com. Straight ahead to uh, more news from Tim Riley and a uh, pair of passes for you to see where the wild things are sometime before 8 o'clock. So be listening. It's 503 228 4101. Back after this. Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's 503 228 4101. 503 228 4101. We shouldn't knock uh, uh, Greg Nibbler too much. Despite the fact that he seems in denial about his own sexuality and nature as a human being. Wait, how did sexuality come into it now, too? I'm just saying. This spun from, from me saying plumper porn to now. I'm he was just standing up for you, Greg. I would, I would pipe down. You know, I'm trying to defend you as a, as a man and as a, as a human being, but that's fine. You know, if my efforts aren't appreciated, I can just, uh, I can just throw you to the wolves. That's okay. That's right. I, you know, I, look, I, I'm just saying. I was trying to help you embrace uh, your own particular deviance. Uh, you know, <laughs> we were trying to be a sort of a support system for you. There's nothing wrong with plumper porn. Clearly, the fact that you know the, the name of the category and the genre indicates that there is a large community of folks such as yourself. Absolutely. And, you know, Rick is a porn aficionado. And if he doesn't know, right, you know, Greg. you know, the name plumper porn and you do, I mean, it's your it's your gift, Greg. You have to teach us. Greg, I'm just trying to help you people uh, because uh, I understand, you know, I understand how difficult it can be. Right. 503-228-4101. I'm just saying we can't, you can't knock Greg uh, too much because... So Greg has secured for us uh, a guest, uh, and this is a guest Monday. Monday, Monday. We are going to be speaking with a guest on Monday. I said earlier that I was going to see if Tim could sort of figure out who this person was. If we could do, and we won't say 20 questions. We'll say like seven. So there's seven questions. And if you can't get it, not a big deal. I will, I will reveal the identity of the guest. I will say this. This is a person, uh, Tim, that you have referenced a few different times over the years. Not all the time. But you've referenced this person a few different times on the show. Uh, I know that you are, but I would say especially were, probably in your maybe formative years, I know that you were a, a big fan of this person. You would still consider yourself a fan now, but I think especially uh, in your adolescence, you were probably a big fan of this person. Uh, and my final clue will be the guest for Monday that you were a big fan of, uh, you know, in your adolescence is... Mm, uh, season appropriate. It is a guest that is appropriate to the season we are now in. Halloween? Yes. Appropriate to the Halloween season. Uh, so you okay. have uh, you have seven guesses, if you would. Uh, male or female? Uh, male. Oh. Halloween. Wait, who did you think it was? You weren't thinking it was like Elvira or somebody. No, I well, 
I, I was thinking of somebody else. Now, this is a Be- male. Before you mention Halloween. No, no, no. This, uh, this guest is male, season-appropriate, somebody that you have mentioned on the show, and somebody that I know, at least at a certain point in your life, you were a big fan of. All right. Uh, does this person have a television program? N- has been on television many, many times over the years. Has never, to my knowledge, had his own television program. Oh. He is a movie star. He has act well. That would be stretching. I will say this: this he has been in many films. Has uh, acted badly in many films. I wouldn't. He, That's he, how I first found out who he was. Was in a cameo a film? Really? Oh yeah. Has has acted in many horror films. Uh, would not be primarily known as an actor, but is certainly not a not a stranger He's to the silver screen. Recognizable. That very very good, Sarah. Recognizable and has made cameos in lots of films. One is he a songwriter? Yes. Is it Paul Williams? <laughs> no. <laughs> is it Paul Williams? Really? Is it the star of Phantom of the Paradise by Brian De Palma? No. I don't know why I thought that. They all pointed in that direction. Nothing pointed in that direction. Nothing pointed in the direction of Paul Williams. The direction His of Phantom couldn't be badly. further away from Paul Williams. There's nothing I could possibly have said that would pointed that would have pointed less <laughs> toward Paul Williams. Do I have more guesses? Is it Paul Lind? <laughs> no, no uh, I know it's not Paul Lind. No, uh, you have two more guesses. I have two more guesses. Who's associated with Halloween? Who's very recognizable? Other than Paul Williams, I mean. <laughs> Vincent Price, but he's dead. Okay, you are so close with Vincent Price. I'll count. <gasps> you are so close. Really? You are within, like, one degree. You're within a degree. But and Tim, this person's still alive. And I'll, and I'll actually say this. It's not Tim Burton. You, you are so close when you say Vincent Price. You are just, this is really, I hate to say this, you're going to kick yourself. If you don't get it after knowing it's within one degree of Vincent Price. Give me one more clue. <sighs> one more clue. Um, at one point, considered uh, exceptionally controversial. Exceptionally controversial. Oh, come on! How about, okay, one more clue. How about this person is um, a well-known member of the Republican Party? Well, at this point, at, at this, this point. point, a well-known Republican, but was at one. That, I guess that's actually interesting because because at one point was considered very dangerous to the morals of the youth, um, and uh, you know very you know very controversial, very sort of uh, you know an edgy figure. Now a Republican and born again, I might add. Uh, and you have you got nothing. You you have you have no. no I think of Stephen Baldwin now, but I'm really far <laughs> off. Yes. Paul, I don't... I, it's actually Paul Williams and Stephen Baldwin. Sarah, are you preparing a, a yes. reveal? No. Right. Sarah's preparing a reveal for you. Okay, I just... I'm sorry. You, I, I don't think we can make it any clearer, hint-wise. I'll tell you this, though. If you uh, are caller 10 right now at 503-228-4101, if you are caller uh, 10 at 503-228-4101, and you can correctly uh, identify this guest for us, you'll win a pair of passes to Fright Town. The haunted attraction underneath the Memorial Coliseum. I it really, I'll have to say this: if anybody does not get this right now, he's going to be, be in the basement of Memorial Coliseum. I will be astounded. So we'll let we'll let an audience member see if they can nail it. We'll get a listener on to do this. If you're caller ten at five zero three two two eight four one zero one, and you can uh, correctly identify Monday's guest based upon these hints, you win yourself a pair of passes to Fright Town. The Memorial Coliseum. Get your fright on with a whole city block of screams and shock featuring Baron Von Gulu's Museum of Horrors. At the news desk, it is your personal savior, Tim Riley. Live from the Alpha Broadcast.
Broadcasting Ministry of Truth. This is Tim Riley. Now, don't go, don't go guessing now, now that we've turned it over to the audience. Because if you guess now, you'll undoubtedly get it, and then that will, that will ruin okay. it for the listener. I promise I will move on. You have to recuse yourself, at least verbally, if not mentally. All right. Well, good morning, everyone. It is 748. This is going to bug me now. More rain today. Highs in the 60s. A robber pulled out a semi-automatic weapon at the Clackamas Key Bank on 82nd. He was wearing a ski mask and a dark gray hooded sweatshirt. If you know of anyone matching this description, please contact the authorities. Uh, Maria Shriver is apologizing for violating California's state ban on using a cell phone while driving. And now, she says, to make it up to everyone, she is donating a cell phone to a charity that helps domestic violence shelters. The value of the cell phone will be at least $20. <laughs> she calls the move swift action with a higher purpose. That is awesome. Isn't that something? She's well, a giver. You know, the Shrivers and the Kennedys, they give. They give like nobody's business. So this should make everyone feel better about flying. The FAA is proposing levying multi-million dollar fines against United Airlines and U.S. Airways for state safety violations, including flying a plane after mechanics stuffed towels into an engine. Ah. Uh. The FAA says U.S. Airways failed to perform inspections required under its maintenance program, and they flew this plane 505 times. And they just, so they were, what a minute, there was a leak or something? Or there yeah. was something, something was gurgling? Or, yeah, you're or, supposed to cap leaks, so not stuff towels in them. Something was dripping from somewhere, and they decided to fix it by jamming towels inside. Then these little regional airlines are in trouble, too. I'll never fly one again. Uh, among the violations, the airline also operated an Embryo 190 regional jet on 19 flights without complying with a safety directive that requires inspections to prevent a cargo door from flying open. Good God almighty. The United find involves a Boeing 737 that returned to Denver in April 2008 after shutting down an engine due to low oil pressure. Now, a week later, United Mechanics found two shop towels instead of the required protective caps that are used to cover openings in an oil sump area. So this is sort of, and an engine seems like the wrong place to shove those anyway because an engine creates a lot of heat, I would think. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of uh, warmth thrown off there. So maybe, I don't know, shoving like a piece of cloth or an oil-soaked rag next to the engine, not such a good idea. But then again, why do I know? Let's do one more here and then we'll uh, we'll go to the phones and see if a listener can correctly uh, identify Monday's guest. Let's do the snuff watch. Here's your snuff watch for uh, Thursday on the Rick Emerson radio program. I'm still hearing clues that I'm not supposed to hear. No, 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 that's okay. I'm just, uh, you it's, know. It's like scandalous. I'm confident in the knowledge <laughs> been, of the... Uh, there's been nothing like this since the, the Greg Dubler sex scandal a few minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, the, I, I think the audience will correctly suss out the person about whom we are speaking, but we'll find out here in a moment. Uh, Captain Lou Albano has died at the age of 76. He was a big-time wrestling guy back in the 80s. He is the most recognized and respected wrestler of that decade whose legacy not only includes an illustrious career as an athlete and a showman, but a generous man who cared for the health and well-being of his fellow wrestlers. Uh, he founded 
Wrestlers Rescue, an organization that raised money to assist with health care of retired professional wrestlers, many of them who were never paid wages equivalent to the stress applied to their bodies in their work. So the thing about Lou Albano that's weird is... It was also in uh, Cindy Lauper's music video. That's the thing. If you, yeah, if you don't know who Lou Albano is, if you don't recognize him for the WWE, he is the dad in the video for Girls Just Want to Have Fun, and he's there, and he's ironing shirts or something, or he's got, like, and he's got a wife beater on, and he's got the weird beard with the rubber bands and the, the rubber band piercings and everything. And he joined the WWF, um, as it was then called, uh, in like a 1955 or something. I mean, when Vince McMahon Sr. ran that outfit. And then he was there all the way through the 80s. And Lou Albano was one of the key figures in what was called the Rock Wrestling Connection, which was Vince McMahon Jr.'s master plan for bringing wrestling into the mainstream. It was clever merchandise. It really was, because he did the smart thing of taking wrestling, which was considered just for rubes and hicks, and merging it with MTV, and he got a lot of then uh, big celebrities um, to come be part of wrestling events. And I mean, it, 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 it was just really a masterstroke of marketing, and that's where Lou Albano kind of achieved his greatest uh, fame. So here's Albano being interviewed by Vince McMahon back in 1987. Uh, hang on a minute. All right, yeah. I push a little thing here I shouldn't have done. All right, let's try this again. Here it is Lou Albano. And now. And I'm going to say one thing to you, Lord Ace, and to you, Vince McMahon. I'm here before all TV land. I want you to know this. We'll take on all comers. You've got to come up the stepladder. We'll take the top contender in the Worldwide Wrestling Federation, which has the best, and we will defend. We will not be evasive. We'll be ready. We'll be prepared. All comers, all times, you, Mr. anytime, Albano. right now. We'll be back if we continue with I'm more ready. I'm ready. TNT. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm talking. Now, back in 87. Uh, in his heyday, they had this hotline that you call for wrestling information. I guess people paid a certain amount of money to listen to something. Hot, sexy wrestling talk, mm -hmm. Tim. Here's the commercial for Captain Lou's Wrestling Hotline in 1987. Hey, I'm Captain Lou Albano talking to you from Wrestling Central. I've been involved in wrestling for 35 years. Nobody, but nobody knows wrestling like me. So why don't you call me and get wrestling's latest news and reviews? Call the Captain Lou Albano Wrestling Hotline. Your friends will want to know how you got so wrestling smart. So why don't you call now? I'm and baby, I'm talking to you. $1.50 the first minute, 35 cents each additional minute. Greg is uh, asking. call for an hour at a time. Greg is wondering why you would want to call and have a guy yell at you. That's a fair question. I don't why know. In, you... in 1987, that must have been considered high tech. Why does one have a collection of BBW porn? I don't know. <laughs> God. And is there Keep a 900 digging. number for that? Keep <laughs> digging. All right. Uh, so there you go. Captain Lou Albano dead at uh, 76. There's your snuff watch uh, for Thursday on the Rick Emerson radio program. All right, so we're having a guest on Monday, and uh, Tim came within a whisper, I think, of correctly identifying who this uh, person is. But uh, we'll uh, go to the phone. So if you are uh, able to tell us who the guest is for Monday, you want to yourself a pair of passes to Fright Town happening underneath the Memorial Coliseum. This is uh, Kevin. Kevin, hi. You're on the uh, Rick Emerson Show. Have you correctly identified the identity of Monday's guest? Um, I'm not sure. I'm going to go with uh, Dee Snyder. Wow, that's really not what I expected you to say. And that would be awesome. That is, it, that would be awesome if only it were happening. Sadly, that is, uh, that is not true. All right, thank you, my some friend. Some other day. Appreciate it. Okay. Maybe some other time. All right. 
That I really thought that somebody would nail it right out of the gate. Yeah. Um, on the other side, Sarah, should we do this? Should we uh, continue? Sure. Okay. Well, let's because we, we get a, a bit behind here. So, Greg, you want to let these folks know to hang on. On the other side, uh, we will uh, take some more guesses, and uh, we will see if anybody can nail the identity of this person. That will encourage us all to listen longer. That's right, Tim. I say, biting my tongue so as not to expand upon that thought. It's 503-228-4101 and Ball Talk. Next, stay there. It's Rick Emerson Show. The Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Only on Rock 101. KUFO. KUFO! Portland! It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Sure to come for the end of the show, a shot of a pair of Where the Wild Things Are passes for you. So I'll be listening for that. Tim Riley is tracking the following stories on this Thursday morning. Hillary Clinton claims she'll never run for president again. Don't bother to ask. A bear saunters into a playground where children are playing. The bear is expelled. And Florida's alligator hunting season tallies 1,000 toothy victims soon to end up on dinner tables everywhere. And about uh, 10 minutes or so ago, uh, we gave Tim the chance to guess the identity of a special guest who's going to be joining us on Monday. And you came just within like a hair's breadth of doing it. I mean, we gave you seven questions out of our typical... We, we started to do 20 questions years ago, and we're all so bad at that. We've been ratcheting it down over the years. And now you're it's like, what, seven? Uh, yeah, and your seventh question, you were just this close to it, and you weren't quite able to get it. So we'll... Uh, and I promise not to do any more thinking. We'll give the listeners a chance. <laughs> To put your brain into neutral. Uh, let's see. So we are going to uh, on. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six. Bill, uh, hi. You are uh, the next guessor here on the uh, Rick Emerson show. Uh, what is your uh, What is your guess, sir? Rob Zombie. Again, for the close but not quite enough to actually win you anything, even our respect uh, category. No, that is. Uh, it is not Rob Zombie. But I can almost guess why you would do that. The only. I don't want to give this away, but uh, Timmy is older than 25 years of age. So when I say that in Tim's formative years, he would have been a fan. Rob Zombie is a little bit uh, a little bit late in the game to have been the guy about which we are speaking. But good guess, sir. Marilyn Manson. <laughs> uh, one guess per customer, please. Thank you. All right. Uh, we'll do one more. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. It's 503-228-4101. What is your guess for the identity of Monday's guest, sir? Uh, my guess is um, Alice Cooper. Sarah? Hello. No, oh, I'm sorry. That was supposed to sound much tighter than it actually does. That was going to be uh, that was going to be the moment where we revealed and my computer froze. Where we revealed <laughs> we revealed the identity of the guest with a piece of music. The answer is in fact Alice Cooper. So wow. Uh, Monday's program in the eight o'clock hour, we will be joined by the creator of uh, Shock Rock uh, himself, Mister Alice Cooper, as we head toward uh, Halloween. So congratulations, Dustin. You have correctly discerned the identity of. Uh, Monday's guest, which is Alice Cooper. You've also won yourself a pair of tickets to Fright Town, which is the haunted attraction happening underneath the Memorial Coliseum. So uh, we're going to put you on hold, and uh, we will get you those in just a moment. So stick tight. Greg will get your info as soon as ball talk is over. And then be listening Monday in the 8 o'clock hour as we talk to uh, the one and only Alice Cooper. So i got lots more gushing to do about that before it even happens. But uh, We'll find out if he actually defecated on the stage. Maybe that'll be the first <laughs> question I ask him. Maybe it can be the first question you ask him, Tim. All right. Okay. Hey. Oh, never mind. 
It's time for another edition of Ball Talk. I'm Greg, Greg Nibbler. Nibbler. I'm Greg Nibbler. Let's talk balls. All right. Uh, in the NBA, the Phoenix Suns beat the Trailblazers last night in their Rip City retro night, so kind of putting a damper on it. But the Blazers do still look good. Greg Oden had a double-double. It looks like they're going to be pretty good this year. In the NFL, Rush Limbaugh's bid for the St. Louis Rams is no more. He was part of uh, a group that was going to purchase the St. Louis Rams, but because of the extreme uh, discord in the NFL regarding this, he has now been backed out of this bid. So, uh, largely, a lot of it was because of some comments that he made, uh, most recently calling all NFL players basically the Crips and Bloods minus the weapons. It's hard to believe that that would have tarnished the public image they were trying to present. Yes, for some reason, they uh, they found some, some things to dispute in that statement. So, Rush Limbaugh is no longer in a bid to purchase an NFL team. In uh, college news, Boise State barely beat Tulsa last night, and Cincinnati is playing South Florida tonight, and University of New Mexico coach Mike Loxley has been suspended a game and will miss 10 days as punishment for punching his assistant coach in the face. <laughs> he uh, apparently they apparently had a dispute after a meeting, and uh, yes, he split his lip open by punching him in the face, so he will be missing the Lobos next game, although they're 0-6 anyway, so really I don't see what kind of damage that's really going to do. It can only help, I would imagine, at this point. So, And, um, of course, we talked about this earlier, sports entertainment legend, WWE, WWF, Captain Lou Albano is dead at the age of 76. And we played some audio clips of him earlier. We've got another one right here. This is him doing a PSA for saying no to drugs. I'm Captain Lou Albano talking to you about drugs. Kids, don't be afraid to say no. Anyone that asks you to use drugs is not your friend. Drugs can and will kill. Remember, don't be afraid to turn to your priest, your rabbi, your minister, your moms, your dads, your teachers, because drugs can kill. And if you do drugs, you go to hell before you die. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Please. Not just after you die, but before you die as well. That's right. <laughs> Hell before and after. Captain Lou Albano inspiring the youth. All right. So uh, that concludes this edition of Ball Talk. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, Tim Riley is next with more news and thoughts and views for you. The Rick Emerson Show continues next. 503-228-4101. Stay right there. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. The Rick Emerson Show continues next on Rock 101 KUFO. <laughs> The Rick Emerson Show returns. Do not give nuts to children under six. This is Rock 101. Well, then I'm just going to take my nuts and go home. K-U-F-O. I'm going to go to Alma, and I'm going to catch a bus with Rick. Ah, Rick is your new favorite. Yeah, because he has a, he has a green card. He's cute. <laughs> a green Mustang. Very classy. Yeah. I think he's going to take me for a ride in it. What about your boyfriend? What about Jesse? Jesse's delicious. He's going to take me today to get a new toilet seat because mine got broken and was sliding. Awesome. You know, the longest time I thought she was saying he had a green card. It sounds like green card. Yeah, no, 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 green and card. Sliding. See, that's freaky the way you do that. That weirds me out. <laughs> I, it's like you could do ADR for that. You could just, you know, look, Rosie's not available to dub these scenes. Uh, get me Sarah Dillon. When I did the Gossip Girl tour in New York, yes, I realize how lame that sounds. The girl um, who was our host was the fill-in for the, she was the hand person on Gossip Girl. Really? So she like what the if they were just like dialing a phone with exactly. her hands? Because you could, yeah, you can, I guess, get like little bit parts like that. So maybe I should see if I can be a stand-in for Rosie O'Donnell when she plays mentally retarded women. Right I It's like, it's sort of like, She's, she's like a big fleshy Muppet or something. Uh, you I don't know, understand in that movie. what the point of that movie is. It's, it's is Rosie O'Donnell in like 
bright colored clothes like on a bus and sort of gurgling in the back of her throat while she while she talks about her toilet and like there's anybody's toilet habits you want to know less about than Rosie O'Donnell much less sliding around on a broken toilet I mean let's just, just let's just lay all this out here it is a it is a big, presumably pantless, retarded woman sliding around in a broken toilet. Why would you ever, ever, ever want to put that image in somebody's head? Why is that a thing you would ever want to subject me to? I bet she has that to flush it several times. She's going to take me today to get a new toilet seat because mine got broken and it was sliding. This God Almighty. <laughs> All right, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-228-4101. Uh, somebody just sent me the, the Megan McCain picture, so that is actually up. You can uh, see that. Uh, at rickemerson.com. You go to rickemerson.com. You can see this unbelievably hot slash trashy slash ludicrous slash awesome picture of John McCain's daughter. Which And uh, John McCain's like a thousand years old. So I don't know what the deal is. Is that the daughter he had with what's her name? His The, the crypt keeper wife, Cindy the, McCain? The, that Yeah, that, that, mean, uh, that mean woman that did a documentary showing her helping out the poor. So how... Well, this doesn't make any sense, though, because Megan McCain can't be... I mean, she's got to be not even 30, right? I, I mean, think she's young. I think she's like in her early twenties. Mm-hmm. Well, Cindy McCain, Cindy McCain is a very uh, she's she's a much older woman, is she not? I believe so. Cindy McCain's like got to be in her seventies, I would think, but maybe not. I mean, John McCain, you know, he's a senator and so forth. So maybe maybe she just looks old. I mean, maybe she is substantially younger than John McCain. I thought she was in her fifties. I thought she was a a lot younger. Wow. Cindy McCain is only in her fifties. I, I think so. She's, she's a thinner Barbara Bush. There's some hard living going on inside that house then because that's she uh, she kind of looks like Aunt Spiker from Changing the Giant Peach. You know, like she ought to be out there, you know, the, the chop faster, boy. All right. At the uh, news desk, it is your personal savior, Tim. Live from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. I don't know what's going on here. It's 826. More rain in the forecast today. Highs in the 60s. Multnomah County property bills are in the mail, and you should be getting yours very soon. The first installments are due November 16th, not November 2nd, as Metro Traffic wrote earlier. And probably every other reporter in the city is reading this, and people are panicky. So the Metro Traffic story said they're due November 2nd. They are not. They're due November 16th. So this is uh, so the, the panic that might be ensuing right now is Thanks not Thanks to Metro warranted. Traffic and having these written in Los Angeles. But... <laughs> By the way, is, yes, we'll, if, we'll rewrite them locally. And if you're getting on the 405 to go to Burbank as well, you might want to know that there's a, uh, there's a bit of a slowdown this morning. <laughs> so I expect your property uh, tax bill to be 6% more last year, even though your property values have dropped. Well, there was an unwanted visitor at a Medford Elementary School. It was a bear sauntering into a playground where children played. Luckily, it was tranquilized just in time. It was 100 pounds. It climbed a tree at Lone Pine Elementary this morning, and the school's 533 students were kept inside until the unwanted visitor was removed. And then in front of horrified children, the animal was destroyed. It dropped from the tree near the school swing sets, and children burst into tears. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, wait a minute. When you say it dropped... After they tranquilized, oh, it was not, in the tree. Oh. I thought you meant like it dropped out of the tree to surprise them and then like like roared or something, no, which would have been awesome. That would have been, yes. I'm just sort of picturing a bunch of children sort of tottering along in the schoolyard and a giant bear just drops out of the friggin' sky. Drink milk. <laughs> what? No, I thought, never mind. Hey, it's uh, 829. This time check delivered to you by Cooney BMW's 29-minute fast and free service. Performance has an address. Cooney BMW. Here's Tim Riley. Well, a Louisiana couple has admitted... Trading their kids for an exotic bird. The Romero family uh, traded their cockatoo and $175. 
Can we try to get her to for a cockatoo? Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, they're in a lot of trouble because people found out. And uh, the cockatoo is probably worth a lot more than $175. I would imagine. So, well, you know, and here's the thing about that bird. It gets to be too much trouble. You can put it in a cage. Mm-hmm. You do that with kids and they uh, they start calling you unfit. Say, why is it that there are uh, so many uh, weird facts about the healthcare industry on the television going against uh, Obama's health care plan? Well, it seems that the health care sector has spent $263 million this year alone lobbying Congress for changes to those reform plans. It is the biggest lobbying push in the U.S. history. More than 3,000 people are registered to lobby for health care. Almost six lobbyists for every member of Congress. How can you turn them all down? 1,000 Florida alligators have been killed in this year's giant alligator hunt. Where, Tim? Florida. Darn it. Okay, okay, look, I want it known for the record, I pressed that like an hour ago, and my machine is turned down once again. You know, you are a cheater, Sarah Dillon. This is, uh, you're like that uh, CFL guy that was going to bludgeon his teammate with a shovel yesterday. You, you do not play by the rules. I'm just saying, I know in my heart that I had the Florida Sounder played yes, first Rick, there. you won the Florida Imagine Sounder. how many alligators, there are 6,000 alligators killed every year, and those are the ones they catch. Well, that, and those are just the ones that are that they can catch mm-hmm. and that, you know, are not able to get the humans first. I mean, even if that's like 5%, mm-hmm. I mean, there's just hundreds of thousands, there are probably more uh, alligators there than any other lethal creature. I mean, not counting the Floridians themselves. So this makes for roughly 200,000 pounds of alligator meat. It's sold to restaurants in 38 states. Last year, uh, this alligator meat company had $1.2 million in sales, 70% from alligator meat. I have actually had alligator. Which it's is, good. Uh, it actually is it's good. You know what you guys did not have when we were doing Surviving and Driving? You guys never got the frog legs, did you? Uh-huh. They were at that bar across the street. No, they had all kinds of crazy animals there, too. They had, like, gazelle and... They had kangaroo, too. Kangaroo, Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kangaroo, I mean... rattlesnake, gator. Hey, did you ever do... Let me ask you this. Did you ever have an exotic food, and you find yourself unable to describe it because you don't want to say it tastes like chicken? Yeah. I have that problem with frog legs, actually, because... Oh, I don't think... I've never eaten frog legs. I mean, but see, but... I accidentally ate haggis once, thinking it was a cookie, when I was in Scotland. <laughs> What kind of what kind of cookies do you eat that you confuse them with? A, like with oatmeal a, or something? Well, it, it came with breakfast. It was a it was a BMB, and who knew that that would be part of a, a traditional Scottish breakfast? I thought it was a cookie on the side. This is <laughs> I almost want to ask you to describe a cookie to me now because I'm wondering is not haggis the stomach of a goat filled with oatmeal? No, it's or a some such something. I thought haggis was like a I porridge it was the lining cooked of in a stomach. Yeah. Well, anyway, it was round like a cookie. Tires are round like cookies. Tires are a too flying, big for breakfast. The space needle uh, is round. I, I know. Like th- a cookie. I know they don't eat tires in Scotland. But a stomach lining, see, this and is, a cookie this is round like a cookie. It had the texture of a cookie. So, for example, it was on the breakfast plate. Like an, So, when you picked it up, was it squishy? No, it was like deep fried. Are we sure that? Okay, let me ask you this: It wasn't probably a cookie. Are you sure it was haggis? Yes. So haggis is, as I understand it, it now is haggis the stomach lining itself, or is it just something cooked inside the stomach lining? Do we even know? I don't know. Is, is haggis up. like um? Is haggis like a sort of Scottish version of tripe? I thought it was like a bunch of insides all cooked in a stomach. See, and I think that's what tripe is. Isn't tripe stomach as well? Isn't that like a? That's, they are pig's intestines, otherwise known as chitlins, as they have in the south. Wait, so haggis is chitlins? Yeah. So haggis See, is. Yeah, I have a picture of it here, and it is brown. I don't. You can you can cook it. But my, the one that I was served was round. Oh, I'll be, I'll be goddamned. 
That could be a cookie, couldn't it? Okay, but you know know what that looks like more than anything? That kind of looks like a sausage patty. Yes, it does. That's sort of what that looks like there. All right. Well, I I guess maybe that's a reasonable mistake, especially if you're in Europe or something and you, I mean, who who knows? I mean, you know, and there there's the whole weird biscuit cookie thing going on anyway. So, all right. It's 503-228-4101. At this uh, juncture, we're going to give you an opportunity to see Where the Wild Things Are, the hotly anticipated and already polarizing film from filmmaker Spike Jones, based upon the Maury Sendak novel of the same name. KUFO having a midnight showing of Where the Wild Things Are at the Roseway Theater, a fantastic movie experience. Being the month first to see this one tonight, 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 tonight at 11.55 p.m., when it opens, that is tonight at 11.55 p.m. at the Roseway Theater, KUFO's midnight showing of Where the Wild Things Are, based on the children's book by Maurice Sendak. And if you are caller 10 right now at 503-228-4101, you will win yourself a pair of tickets to see Where the Wild Things Are tonight at the Roseway Theater. Stay there. The Rick Emerson Show continues next with more from Tim Riley. Don't go anywhere. We are live from beautiful Dad, 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 Dad. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. We're so very, very, very sorry for this relentlessly juvenile behavior. The Rick Emerson Show returns. Which will now continue on Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. In just a moment, uh, somebody wants to clarify this business of haggis. We'll get Josh in a second and more from Tim Riley. Oh, by the way, just because I don't want us to be the only ones who have this in our heads, I have the worst phrase. Uh, we heard this yesterday. Chris Paddock used this. He was talking about, well, I don't know. I'm, I, maybe I shouldn't say who. I, I Maybe I shouldn't say who. He was talking about a musician. We'll put it that way. He was talking about a musician who suffered an onstage injury at one point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're cringing just thinking about it. So Paddock was telling us a story about a musician uh, we know who was uh, who was having uh, you know, some physical uh, rehabilitation you know, because um, he had injured himself on stage. And Paddock said, I don't know why it makes us laugh or makes me laugh anyway because it's so awful. He said... Yeah, so apparently he was up on a, he was up on a, like a drum riser or a monitor or something, and he just jumped down the stage and he just shattered his feet, which is the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. The phrase that makes my feet hurt. He shattered his feet. I don't know, which doesn't even seem possible, but then it does seem possible. The longer you think about it, it seems simultaneously sort of like a fantastical injury and yet a thing that is. So so scarily likely, given the circumstances that I want to think about it. But I thought I would share that with everybody. And now, it's gone. This is... Oh, we lost the haggis call. Oh! I'm not going to do a Scottish joke. At the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. Live from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. 847. It's going to be another rainy day today. Highs near 60. Police have arrested a man accused of attacking a K2 photographer outside of Portland School. Peter Fortier was slapped with assault, malicious mischief, and impersonating an officer after allegedly wrestled cameraman Bob Bullock to the ground and broke his camera's viewfinder. K2 reports Fortier was banned from Lowellhurst Park after using a stun gun on a juvenile while wearing his security guard uniform. He's been known to misuse the authority of a security guard. He also insulted the cameraman by telling him, quote, K2 sucks, unquote. <laughs> this, so which and I think we know is, that's not true. Other TV stations in the city do. And the best part is if you watch the video of him, uh, the, um, I'm, I'm looking at it here where it says, 
This video clip shows portions of the altercation. The entire video from the incident was edited for brevity and to remove expletives that were directed at K2's photographer. And if you look at the still of the video, all you see is just the guy's hand filling up the lens. I mean, it's, it's sort of terrifying, actually. Uh, you can see him, that he's really getting ready to get his pound on here. Um, and then right here, it actually, the, um, the, the exchange contains the, right here where he says, um, he says, I'm pretty suspicious you're here shooting kids. He's filming kids. Uh, I, and then the photographer says, I understand your concern, but I work for Channel 2. And then the guy says, well, that station sucks. And then grabs the camera and turns it around and uh, spikes it like it's on foot, like it's a football, but it on cement. And wow. then you look at the still of this, though, and it's just this, this guy's huge hand filling up the frame. I mean, it's really weird to look at. So the question is, if this guy's a security guard, why is he still licensed? I don't know. Uh, I don't know the answer to that. I'm just saying... You know, maybe they ought to start training their uh, cameramen in, uh, you know, in martial arts so they can deal uh, properly with these uh, with these folks when they get on the line. And the bad part is, with all the cutbacks, of course, we all know about radio, of course, we've all been, well, on the receiving end of that. In television, they have a lot of cuts there, too. And they're sending these guys out in dangerous situations by themselves. And it's pretty bad. I mean, there's safety in numbers. And when you're there by yourself, and those cameras are heavy. How are you supposed to protect yourself if you're by yourself? There ought to be, uh, they ought to make a combination television camera and taser. You know That's what I, mean? what I was thinking. In the lens, look straight here. Yeah. No, 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 I'm going to get. <laughs> yeah, just look into the, right there. And then, you know, problem solved. Here's uh, Tim Riley. Uh, state education officials say the slight improvements in Oregon's math scores are insignificant. All right, we'll ignore that then. Time for a Darwin Watch. Here's your uh, Darwin Watch to wrap things up on this Thursday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. I have a feeling some bad stuff is about to go down. Don't, don't, don't. I ate all my caps. Don't, don't, don't. My parents won't let me use scissors. Don't, don't, don't. Another one bites the dust. Don't, don't, don't. Another one bites the dust. And another one gone. And another one gone. Oh, my heart just stopped. Ah, there it goes. Arizona police investigating a bizarre tragedy after two people died, ten others became ill while attending a so-called sweat lodge. This is modeled on American Indian tradition, or so the white man is told. The lodge forms part of a new age center that advertises services of spiritual cleansing. 21 of the 64 people who attended on Thursday required medical care. <laughs> Authorities say they had not determined the cause of the desert illness. Is that where they just cleanse the spirit right out of you? I guess so. And everything else. Tests of carbon monoxide and other contaminants were negative. Other checks were uh, being made to see if any of the attendees had medical conditions. You know, someone who uh, bears a striking similarity to my wife keeps trying to... Uh, uh, she's Do a, a sweat tent thing? Yeah, because she just... Yeah, well, you know my wife. She just surrounds herself with these just, like, stinking, jobless hippies. And I, you know, I, I, at a certain you point... You know that you say, like, she surrounds herself with hippies, but you know that Lara is a hippie, right? I suppose, although, like, she's got a job and, uh, you know, and a, and a fairly... Um, how, how shall I put this? Well, she's she makes a, more than you do. A fair, well, she makes more than I do. Mm-hmm. And, and a fairly institutional job, let's put it that way. Um... You know, and also she bathes, and you're defined by your job, Rick. Yeah, I know because uh, <laughs> you know, and you know, you know, she, you know, she uh, she doesn't like. You know, she owns a razor. You know, so it's not like she has like scraggly underarms. Well, I don't want anything to happen to her, so you should bring this story home. And I make sure. no, I tell her this all the time. You know, it's, I I don't even have time to get into the latest the latest weird like herbal healing inanity that she's decided to bring into our home for herself. By the way, because I don't take part in any of that. I don't even make. I'm going to make a note to bring it up tomorrow. By the way. 
Uh, all right. She's doing this other... She was telling me about some other... The, the, it's one of those things with the mold patties on the top. Well, it's like that, though. The the, uh, the kombucha or whatever it is, where it's just like, what is this? Where it's rotted mold juice. Have some, won't you please? Oh. It's like drinking garbage juice. No, no, thank you, no. But she kept trying to, like, get me to do the sweat lodge thing when we first met. And I was like, you know, you got to know this about me. I'm not a hippie, and this is never going to work. So let's just head this off at the pass. <laughs> But so she just accumulated like charms on a bracelet, just a circle of, of uh, the stinking hippie friends over the years. And they all do crap like this all the time. And so let's have no illusions. You, th- th- so there will come a day when I have to come here and tell you that she is irreversibly brain dead because she has gone and sat in some sort of a, a, a tiny little enclosure lost style. Or eaten some like hippie like herb mixture that she shouldn't have. Exactly. <laughs> while living in a hole in the ground that was 190 degrees. And I mean, the way kids actually do that. Or See, did they? I don't think so, though. That's the thing. I think that is. I think that that is sweat lodge is to them as like uh, nachos are, are to like you know the people of Mexico. I think that's a thing created probably just uh, to harm the white man. That would be my speculation. So pretty soon there'll be a combination of Botox and sweat lodge in yeah, the same place. Exactly. I mean, not like the white man uh, doesn't have colon cleaning through. Doesn't doesn't have it coming. He clearly does. Isn't that an old um, Indian re- remedy? It's I uh, just what colon blow. Yes. I. Uh, I think that anything that involves you sitting there going, God, oh, please, I, let me out. Anything that they would conceivably use in the Hanoi Hilton to extract, uh, like, missile-based locations from you is probably not something that is good for you in the long term. That would just be my uh, my guess. So there you go. There's your Darwin watch for a Thursday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Don't, don't. Another one bites the dust. Don't, don't, don't. Another one bites the dust. And another one gone. And another one gone. Oh, by the way, just to wrap this up, this person says, um, the Rosen uh, Thistle serves haggis. He says, but I'm not quite sure it's completely authentic because it doesn't contain pancreas or lungs. Mm. What's that? Maybe it's vegan haggis. Entirely. You should go try some, Tim. Why not? Or just ask for a plate of cookies and see what they bring you. It's uh, 503-228-4101. Don't forget to join us tomorrow when our guest will include Aaron Duran with another exciting installment of The Week in Geek. And uh, we will also speak with the good folks at TMZ. Don't forget, tomorrow is Friday, which means that uh, around the same time, 24 hours and 6 minutes from now, you can take part in the KUFO half-off sale, which updates tomorrow morning, featuring such items as a half-off family admission pass to the Portland Children's Museum, where your kids uh, use their imagination while having fun in a safe, friendly environment. The Playopolis exhibit is on through the end of the month, followed by the adventures of Clifford the Big Red Dog later this fall. Friday, you'll be able to go online and purchase your half-off certificate for family fun, but you can get one right now before you can buy it at 503-228-4101 if you're calling 10. 503-228-4101, and then they go on sale for half-off tomorrow, 9 a.m. at KUFO. Dot com. We want to thank CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum for joining us today. Also, Kelly Clark from Willamette Week. Uh, Richard Belzer, not able to make it uh, onto the program today, but uh, presumably at some point in the future we will uh, we will reschedule. If we can find time. If we can fit him into our very, very busy chain of events. Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com as well joined us today. Rick Emerson Show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Stillen for Rock 101 KUFO in the newsroom. Tim Riley on the phones. Greg Nibbler, the gatekeepers, Dave Zinn, the webmistress, Bridget from upstairs, uh, Alpha Broadcasting Marketing Guru, Susan don't have with me. Reynolds, executive producer Christopher J. Paddock. Uh, buzz is coming up next. It smells like the 90s. And this afternoon, Gordon Fatboy from 3 till 7 with Jason Quick of The Oregonian. That's this afternoon, 3 till 7. Uh, it is Thursday, October 15th, 2009. And that is The Frequency. Kenneth, my name is Rick Emerson. Thank you for listening. Be safe and watch out for snakes. See you tomorrow. Bye now. Where is Beth going today? I'm going to go to Alma. Now I'm going to catch a buzz with Rick. 
Rick is your new favorite. Yeah, because he has a he has a green card. He's cute. <laughs> a green Mustang, very classy. Yeah, I think he's gonna take me for a ride in it. What about your boyfriend? What about Jesse? Jesse's delicious. He's gonna take me today to get a new toilet seat because mine got broken and was sliding. KUFO. Portland. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area, your daily show prep is now concluded. Thank you for listening.